Yeah, I did a little bit of re. I don't usually do any research for any of these pit casts, and this one I actually found myself doing just a little bit, just a little. Bit. This is our first cast of the new year. Um, this is Matt Moss speaking, and I'm joined with uh, very special guests, uh, Lord Nick Rohr by way of Edgewater, Chicago. Represent. And then Mr. Dom Dodderer via um, a, the, the cover of Field and Stream there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you give like your actual whereabouts, Dom? Or is, are you just like uh, anonymous, internet anonymous? No, no, no. Unknown. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's see. So since the last time your dozens of listeners heard from me, I was yeah. living in New York. Um, and that was a, literally a month before COVID hit. Um, and then... Tell us about COVID. Yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> I haven't heard about that. Um, yeah, so uh, we were in Manhattan and, um, you know, shit really hit the fan. It was pretty crazy, actually. Uh we couldn't get groceries. We didn't have a car, so we didn't really know how to get off the island. You know, like we weren't even in the early days, we weren't sure if we could take the MTA to get off the island. Um, so it was like it was weird. It was like the, the city went from being like the most exciting, interesting place on earth to like being a cell block. Like we were just stuck in a 900 square foot condo um, in Harlem. And uh, yeah, we couldn't get groceries. It was it was pretty bad. So what we did is we. We ordered a car on Carvana.com, bought a, bought a car, and they delivered it to us. And then the day it was delivered, the moment it was delivered, we were all set up. We just packed the car full of stuff, and we drove to California. And then we lived for eight months out on the uh, central coast of California, just just trying to stay away from people. And it was pretty good. It was pretty good. We, my, we had a little puppy, so I raised my dog. Um, we went for walks on the beach every day and chilling. But then... Um, some like let's say i guess november of last or well 2020 um we came back to new york um and we started preparation to move to uh maryland because my my fiance got a job at, at uh in, in the government so it's kind of her dream job so so now so now i bought a house in maryland and i'm chilling i'm living the suburban rural life and i'm i'm loving it it's very quiet i don't have anybody bothering me and i get to go for walks in the woods with my dog every day which is i must say is very rewarding so you're not even ex-urban or are you would you consider yourself to be ex-urban or suburb ex-urban ex-urban yeah yeah um yeah i mean where we live right now so i live in this i live in this yeah suburban area and all my neighbors are like 60 years old and they've all lived here for 30 years they all raised their kids their kids are all like either right around like seniors in high school or just off to college thereabouts you know in that range 
Um, so, so yeah, so, all about, so like they see me working out in the yard, gardening, whatever they, they come up and they're like, well, you're doing that wrong. You know, you should yeah. use that kind of fertilizer, this kind of fertilizer. No, no, no. You got, you need to aerate the lawn first before you overseed it, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, I'm, I'm learning. They think it's funny. Here's the city slicker, like trying to, trying to, trying to live out there, but, um, it's great. I mean, it's, it's a really good location because about, if you go 20 minutes North of us, it's like totally rural and tons of parks and lots of stuff to do. And if you go 20 minutes South, you're in Bethesda and there's, you know, Michelin star restaurants and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's really, we yeah. kind of got the, got the, the best of both worlds. So I'm, I'm loving it. It's, it's hey, a great, great change. What's the old school scene like out there? <laughs> I was just, I was just going to ask Don, when was the last time you played magic in person? Yeah, actually, so I've been to Jimmy's store twice. Dice uh, City Games. Dice City Games. We'll give him a yeah. plug here, even though he doesn't sponsor us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Not with so, that attitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've been to his his store twice uh, to play. Um, it's about 20 minutes from my house, not not, not very far. Um, and there's, uh, there's I haven't met all the guys in the group um, yet. I've met uh, about half a dozen of them, and they all seem seem pretty chill um but uh you know not not it's not um you know the advanced class that is chicago but uh but uh you i can get a, i can get a game on a saturday night if i need it so that's there you that's, go that's good get your fix that's right yeah and <laughs> I, I don't know for some reason getting the car and driving 20 minutes to a, to a game store seems feels better than just firing up the zoom and i, I don't Maybe that's just because I zoom fatigue, or I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, just playing from my desk is a lot more convenient. I can get as drunk as I want, but um, you know, I guess it's just just being around people is there's 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 something to that. So. But you want to flip your orb on your opponent's actual card rather than <laughs> say, "I'm going to use this swap to represent your alpha lotus or whatever it is." You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I had some people over a couple weeks ago, a couple Fridays ago. Uh, just to play, uh, just to, I host some folks over and man, it was a real hoot. It was just good to have, I mean, the stump my place up like dude, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just have some sweaty dudes over and eat some pizza and put a game on TV and, you know, play some games and have some laughs. And I'm really looking forward to doing it, doing it again. You know, it's been so long since I hosted like that. And, uh, do, do yeah. you, do you have this, do you find that like, you have a hard time dis- or I'll just say what I have. I have a hard time distinguishing some things between 2020 and 2021, oh, especially sure. now that we're into 22. I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's all a blur. It's yeah, all for, a blur. for example, I watched all of game of Thrones and I was like, boy, did I watch that one year ago or was that two years ago? And I like really couldn't remember. It was wacky. Yeah. yeah. It's time dilation. Yeah. 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 Uh, but- for, for, for playing in, in person, um, I think that the, the, the big event that I had last year that I really enjoyed was LobsterCon. Um, yeah. And I had not been to that before. And um, I, I, I rented a huge house and tried to pack it with like a bunch of dinguses. Yeah, yeah, and this I was in that. like, this was in like, I don't know, July. Yeah. Um, and then Delta hit. And so everything felt really safe, like no problem. And then Delta hit and then you know, everyone's pulled out and so on and so forth. And I was stuck with this $5,000 Airbnb rental. Um, but it, it ended up, it ended up actually working out, working out great. And uh, all the guys that came, we had like such a, such a blast. It was so much fun. And the main event was good too, but I, really the, the, yeah. 
the, the just just being in that huge ass house with 16 guys just we were just firing cubes nonstop, and it was just, yeah. all, just a and lot of fun that's awesome yeah yeah see now you're, you're getting me uh i'm envisioning lord's house now which is also coming up mm. like mm. like 40 days or something like that oh, so yeah. i can't wait oh my god speaking of there's going to be like umpteen cubes there there's going to be ample opportunity for cubing yeah I, I had so much fun at the first lord's house but i feel like i made the mistake of not like a good mistake i was just mostly drinking and like chatting and then later everyone's talking about all the games and the side events and i was like oh shit, that's right but yeah. i still had so much fun just seeing everybody and just like yeah you know, and around that like by the end of it i was like i feel like i didn't play that much magic at all but like really who gives a fuck? yeah i think this time might be even more like that because some people we haven't seen each other in person in so long it's like at any literally anything at all i'm just excited it's like just to hang that was just yeah cool. it'll be here before we know it so this but this year it's an extended by a day right it's one more extra day yes yeah, right? well we're, we're meeting up thursday night right yeah so yeah i'm 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 pretty stoked about it i i would say last time you know speaking to your point nick i think last time I went a little too hard on the edibles and I just kind of <laughs> lost all traction. You know, I was like a cat on ice. Like I just had no grip on what was going on around me. I I reality. Yeah. So I, I beat Dom, Nick. I'll tell you this story. I, I, I usually have like six stories that I tell on these podcasts. This is one of the six, but we were, we were playing, <laughs> we were playing middle school at the, on the downstairs bar and I beat Dom in two games in a total of three turns amongst the two games. Yeah. Game one, I have turned one a chroma attack. Then Dom realizes he's he's dead. Scoops on turn two. Yeah, we, we sideboard. Two minutes go by. Game two, turn one a chroma. Dom scoops immediately. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely I, I brought a I brought a pre modern deck to that event, and uh, yeah, your reanimated deck just destroyed me. So. Oh yeah, you're like, oh, what's in tomb do? There's <laughs> a refresher. It goes against okay. the best creature in the game. Can I read that really quick? Can you hand me that? What is that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Um, so, you know, as, as fun as it is to look forward to uh, winter and spring events, we do actually have an agenda uh, for tonight, which is an uncommon thing for us. Um, so, Nick, how about, can I turn it over to you? Can you set up um, tonight's yeah. discussion, but also kind of what you're planning for this series? So, what I would like, because I love the, um, I love the pit cast. I have a lot of fun, like, you know, listen to my buddies talk about old school and the events that we're having and and yeah. all that, like the recap or the um the the promos for like the upcoming events that's all good but especially because there became more gaps uh because of you know just more distance between these events and yeah. i mean i still like to hear from my friends i like to hear like what's going on i like to you know just nerd out about magic things like that and to me i always really like those like really kind of comprehensive like just go over the all the cards in the I mean the format at the you know it's not getting any bigger we're not you know and maybe if we ever do like a spectral you know okay uh, uh, wait what the fuck was spectral, that spectral chaos yeah spectral chaos maybe wait you did that already I don't know oh we we looked at it we just kind of like we, we were kind of I mean but if we did like one of these where we just like talk about the history of the set like a little bit as we talk about like the 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 list like the cards that are in it to me I just love the development like the 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 flavor of these sets like you know it's kind of and if we find some like pet cards or cards we really want to kind of because i think that in old school there are like cards that are just more sensible to play than others 
Then there are these cards that are just like super personal or like close to you that are like real. I just really always wanted to play this. Or I want to play this card. And so if we go through, we can kind of acknowledge like either times we've seen it actually get used or, you know, things that we wished would, you know, cards would get more attention or why it falls short of not being used or anything like that. But just to kind of like I don't know, celebrate these sets for like the kind of, you know, just, I don't know, the beauty of these sets and especially Arabian Nights. I mean, is, is probably the most wonderful of them to me um, anyway. But the other ones all, I guess like two, I want to like really analyze them with you guys uh, because I started playing Magic in 95. So my understanding of Magic kind of began with Fallen Empires. So like uh, looking at these sets a little more critically and discussing them, especially as we've had time to kind of play with them and why we haven't played certain cards, why we have picked others. is kind of like a nice, I don't know, It'd be a it'd be a fun kind of experiment. Yeah. So so just as a programming note here tonight, we're only discussing Arabian Nights, and then in the future we'll look at the other expansion sets in order: Antiquities, Legends, the Dark, yeah. Fallen Empires, and then maybe a Capstone course with uh, Chronicles, and we can air our grievances on that. I laughed when when uh, when Grant said Chronicles. I was like, no. But then I thought, kind of. Yeah, yeah. You want to know why so. they did it? Like why the cards that went into Chronicles were picks? You know, there's some interesting like history there too. Yeah, there's a. I mean, if you want, I kind of have some notes. I imagine maybe you guys do too. But like some things, like if if you want to just, we can just start getting into it. Um, so, so, did you say that you've already done one of these for Special Chaos? Is that a that's something we sort of talked about when when spectrum cast was announced we kind of like we were talking about certain cards from it that were leaked at that point mm -hmm. but we didn't do like an exhaustive like look right. at all of the cards i would love to go through and at least talk about why certain cards existed or what they were planned to exist or anything like that um just because yeah. again like from a game design perspective I'm, I'm really interested in that but this is our first kind of like a uh, set like <laughs> retrospective sort of you know yeah, like, sure. yeah. so i wow. think the arabian nights obviously sensibly is a really good start i guess maybe abu could have been a good start but you know maybe that nah. i'm i'm, I'm okay. excited to discuss arabian nights but I, I will say that if you if you do decide to do spectral chaos there's a couple benefits to that uh, one being that you know I, none of us know all the cards right yeah I mean, it'd, it'd be an honest to god spoiler <laughs> yeah oh absolutely uh, and 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 number two, it, you know, if you ever want to get uh, Raging River on here, I mean, he knows he's you know putting that set together was a labor, you know, reconstructing that set was a labor love for him. It took him years to do. Um, I, I don't want to get. I, I would love that. I don't know this this individual, and I would love to just hear about that. Well, like, Grant Grant has that connection, right? Because he's the one that actually got that pack when the dude was sending around bits and pieces of of like partial. Pack, yeah. Spoiler packs, if you want to call them that. So Grant has that connection. Well, I have a, I have a complete set of physical complete set of spectral cast wow. that I can bring to uh, to Lloyd's house if you want to look through it. It's yeah. it's it's pretty weird. weird and it's huge. It's a huge I, set. <laughs> the one thing I want, I mean, if this is if people enjoy hearing this, you know, like, I don't want to necessarily lock us in to have to do all these, but I mean, I have fun doing them, especially get people who are passionate about these sets because I know Bob expressed interest in like antiquities. <laughs> Things like that. Like if we have fun doing it, I like talking about I like because then it also encourages me to yeah. get those interesting tidbits about these sets. So, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes, but I'm yeah. excited yeah. to kind of and I I uh, I definitely wanted it to be a part of the Arabian set. So like for me, and I'll I'll just give my personal spiel here and then we can, you know, you guys can chip in and, and we can dive into the cards. But like for me, for Arabians, that was like 
as a kid playing magic in the mid nineties, Arabians was like the ultimate unobtainium. There, there was no Arabian nights in Eastern, yeah. in Eastern Iowa. There wasn't even like, it wasn't even easy to find like Duelist magazine. You could read about it in like Scryer, in, you know, if I could get my hands on the Scryer inquest, but these cards were like mythic, you know, <laughs> talking about mythic rares. I mean, I've never seen a Jizz and Jin, you know, like at the LGS or whatever, you know what I mean? So it was like something I could read about and I was obsessed about it. It's like, God, what is this? And it's like, God, a box of these cards costs $2,000 or however much it was, you know? Um, and yeah, so, oh, go ahead. No, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, I know a lot of the people in our club, you know, talk about, you know, owning a Mox Pearl or whatever when they're in middle school, but like, that was not my experience, right? I, yeah. I grew up out in the middle of the Mojave Desert. There's, there was... There was nothing like that. There wasn't a you know game store that was buying and selling singles. I opened tons and tons and tons of Fallen Empires and Chronicles. Hey, right? I can't so remember like, that one. I never had any good cards ever. Right? I think like in my Goblin deck, I played Shock. Like I didn't even own Bolts. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Right? So like, yeah, so like I I knew the art for Juzan Jin. Right? I'd never seen one. Or, so right. I, I can. I definitely have the same experience you do. Yeah. Rather than you know, so rather friends who like grew up in Seattle or whatever. And, you know, we're they just had cards. Wash, yeah. yeah. A wash in power. Yeah. yeah. And so, so oddly enough, um, one of the early mass singles, uh, well, not online mail away soon to become online later to become online stores was in Iowa city, Iowa. This was called Iguana's comic book cafe. And they would do ads in Duelist, And they were again, one of the early adopters of big catalog selling singles via mail away order. But that Iowa City, Iowa was 25 miles away from where I grew up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which may as well have been, you know, 2,500 miles because I was like, you know, 12, 13. It's like you don't have any access to get down there. So, like so even though there was one of the largest, earliest adopters of selling singles, I never actually ever saw Arabian stuff as a kid, just read about it. Yeah. So then when I decided to start collecting old school in 2015, um, you know, I kind of went back to some of these Arabians cards. It's like, I, oh, you know, I obsessed with this as a kid and I decided to get some of them, um, like Jizam Jets, for example. You know, I wanted to, that was like a card early on when I started playing old school. It's like, I need to get a set of these Jizam Jets. You know, it's something that I remember reading about in magazines. I never had a chance to see them, never had a chance to get them. I'm going to get them. And now I got them. Mm -hmm. And so over time, I built up these play sets of, you know, my favorite creatures. Um, and uh, I actually ended up finishing a complete set. It's not a complete play set set, but I have one of every Arabians card. And now I'm working on collecting one of them, each artist signed. And so I was just actually just in anticipation of this uh, discussion. I went through and put all of my signed cards together in a, in a binder or the whole set together and counted out the signed cards. And I'm at like, uh, I'm missing 18. So 18 out of 76, I have all the rest signed. So I'm getting down there, you know, nice. getting to the nitty gritty. Unfortunately, the ones I'm missing are Rush, who was dead. Yeah. You know, Susan Van Camp, it's, but hers are hard to get. Right. Um, <clears throat> a couple other difficult ones. And yeah. then War Elephant, which is like <clears throat> the hardest one to get. Right. So I, I got to find that Kristen Bishop signature. And uh, yes. so, oh, go ahead. No, I, I put together like a quiz about Arabian Nights art. Um, mm. And I put it, I put it together, you know, for this podcast, but before I realized you were collecting signatures. So oh, actually, this will be fun. So I'm actually, so actually, I, I was thinking that the quiz would be like, you know, you guys would not know, and I would tell you the answer. 
But actually, there's a very good chance you know the answer to my question. So, <laughs> oh, no, this be, this, let's come back to that. Let's let's not lead off with that. Let's come back to that, and, and then I can show my ass about how little I know, even though I just hyped it up by how I'm collecting the signs. <laughs> no, that's not true. So I've got the whole binder right here now, so I could just cheat. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you a question then. Uh, so, talking about we were talking about Chusam Jin and the Arabian Nights creatures. What do you think of the design decision to make a set where the creatures were clearly pushed? Right, all the cards were clearly push, but then they put in a kill switch in City in the Bottle. What do I think about it? My, my, yeah, guess, yeah. my guess is they realized how powerful everything was and then just needed something to try to wrangle it in. So on, on that, at least from what I read or what I know about City in a Bottle, there was a plan to have one in every set, which of course deteriorated, but they wanted to have a card because, and this was this idea that it would, it would be unfair if somebody was like, you know, hosing you with all these cards that you had no access to. So you all had to get access to the one card to just remove all the other ones. Hmm. But the but the one you had to get was in the set you didn't have access to anyway. Right. <laughs> it, it gave you the it gave you this option of like if you can't go all the way, you can stop your opponent from going all in in that sort sure. of direction. Which feels counterintuitive as well because it's like also it's like, hey, I only ever opened a box of Arabian Nights. Like my deck is all Arabian Nights, and someone's like, well, I got a city in a bottle, so get fucked. Yeah, good, good ball, big time. I've seen I've seen some lonely souls. I remember uh, being at, playing at the first bootleggers ball, and Maldo, uh, Lord Maldo, uh, he had this beautiful deck, black border duels. You know, I, I think Alpha Lotus, beautiful Arabians cards. It was rug aggro, and he's got a hand, you know, full grip of seven cards, all Arabians cards, and his opponent is just sitting there with sitting a bottle in play. And I'm like, hmm. dude, you ever hear of a shatter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not an Arabian Nights though. Oh, true, he could use one. He could use one out of the board. Yeah. You can't. Um, you can't Aladdin a city in the bottle. That's the problem. No, you so it's, it's just it's just so go, it's just bottle, silex, and chime, right? Those are the only three that do that have that effect. Is that right? Yeah, the way that the sets were designed too is like they were rushing to production, so it's all these ideas oh, yeah. like best laid plans. So it's always like, uh, oh, if only there was like if we could have this appear at every set, and then it was kind of like, eh, let's not. So yeah. kind of, a, I didn't know this though when reading about Arabian Nights that. While working on Arabian Nights, um, this is, I guess, a little bit of a trivia thing that I saw. But um, so Richard Garfield, they, they were like, they thought that uh, Alpha was going to last them like six months, which would buy them time to develop the next expansion. But it just sold out within weeks. So they had to, they made beta, which also sold out in weeks. So they were like, crap, they need an expansion. So they rushed to make Arabian Nights. But they apparently had development teams up through Mirage working on sets. Hmm. at that point hmm. which i did not know that is so many like teams and they all were not connected they were not like working together because they also wanted every set to feel like a unique place so that's why there's like a lot of disconnected um ideas per set they wanted every set to feel like a unique experience but also why the power level is completely out of whack in every set hmm. but, but, but that also explain why raven knights is so small Right. Well, yeah, Arabian Nights was an immediate, like, this has got to get done. Yeah. And they rushed to get it done ASAP. And a lot of it was just like, well, what are some cool development space ideas? Which is which is why I kind of want to look at these cards and be like, what was the thought process here? But they were just like, what are some ideas that were so, like, mechanically fringe or, like, niche that it wouldn't have really fit in, um, like, alpha? Like, it wouldn't have made sense. So then... 
Arabian Nights became this place of a lot of like uh, cards that were like more style, like too stylized for their own good, you know? So it was kind of like, here's some runoff ideas. Let's just make it that. Cause the whole idea is like this really spectacular, unique place, you know, that like this bizarre of wonder. Well, also originally it wasn't going, the set wasn't going to tie in with ABU, right? Because exactly. they, they were going to have the different backs, the, the purple pink backs. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to be a separate game, a separate deck master game, if you will, you know, un played under the, the Magic the Gathering rules. Well, it was supposed to be too. Uh, Magic, Magic the Gathering would have been like ABU. Yeah. Then it was going to become Magic Arabian, Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights, yeah. Not right. just Magic the Gathering Arabian right. Nights expansion, but a new game with like the same playable rules. So it could be interchangeable, Correct. but they were different. They were considered like different games. Different so, deck, like deck master brand extension kind of yeah and that that decision to incorporate the, the sets all together that was a late decision right because right, the also, first printing that was yeah, a struggle, I, yeah i thought that was a response to kind of to to player feedback i thought i think uh at least i've read that but that uh people were upset with the idea of having you know separate sets that couldn't be played together you know the, yeah, the, the yeah that would they, because yeah. they were a collector are now useless because now there's a new setup and sleeves of course didn't exist at that time so you would have just a, a multi-colored de uh, backed deck and it would be like distinguishable like if you ran just some or whatever you would know yeah. what you were but sleeves didn't really even exist in terms of preservation like top loaders maybe but nothing that was like for like play sleeves Correct. so it, you could not distinct you could you, you would just see them, you know, back when you would throw a rubber band around your deck to keep yeah. the card together. That makes me wonder. So like if, if wizards knew that all the sets for until the end of time, we're going to have the same printing on the back, how, you know, if, if they knew they were going to design one card back in 1993 or 92, when they were doing the design, when, you know, how, how would they have changed that design? Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's a really good it question. I've thought about that quite a bit. The fact that that design never changes and it still feels like the nineties. Yeah. You know? right. it's, it's actually really great actually, because you pick up a new card and it's like, Oko Thief of Crowns or, you know, whatever, Merc Tide Regent, but then you flip it over and it just reeks of the early nineties. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just like, yeah, there's that, it's just got, every piece has got that little bit of nostalgia with it. Yeah. So I Sorry, guess, I job. oh no, you not at all. I mean, sort of a similar sentiment, but I was going to say before we launch in, to it uh, i did want to mention like where we're like but i heard you stats around the number 76 wasn't it 78 or is it 76 card said uh, i i pulled that number out of my ass is it 78 okay 78 at least when i was reading when you said 76 i was like maybe i wrote it down wrong I believe it's 78 but i did want to acknowledge this uh because i was writing down some stats that I sorry to i didn't get my stats my my facts and figures correct dude well so you can disconnect now so dom so <laughs> just go and shame it's fine. No, I'm, I'm hosting dude oh okay that's fine well then just mute all right um, no, no sweat <laughs> no but eight card boosters i, I want to and then before but i want yeah. to discuss that what that kind of means but what's interesting is instead of a common uncommon rare and then later mythic rare which doesn't concern old school but uncommon two and three commons one through five and then desert which was common 11 which i didn't know but again seeing it so what that means is i guess anybody who might be listening or doesn't know what that means but like that would mean the commons had a rarity of appearing anywhere between once on a sheet of commons and up to five times so like a very common card 
uh, uncommon two or three. So that would be like, it would appear twice or three. So that would either, I would say like uncommon two later got, you know, retconned into just rare and then uncommon would be the uncommon three, but desert being a common 11 means that it showed up on every common sheet 11 times. So it would be statistically kind of frequent that you would get like, maybe like you would get a desert a pack and sometimes two. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, I can't remember how many cards are on a sheet, but that says like, you know, 10% of all Arabian night cards are deserts, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, th I think there are only two sheets, right? There's only the uncommon sheet and the, and the common sheet. Yeah. 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 I so, thought that was kind of funny. And I don't know how many common sheets they printed for every uncommon sheet, but yeah, that I, oh, oh damn, I can't remember that either. I didn't see that one. Yeah. There, there are people in our community who would know this stuff off the top of their head, and uh, no, the three of us are not not in, not among those. No, I'm not. A, I'm not a print runs nerd, man. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Yeah, I did read uh, in, in the scan amount of research I did. I did read that the packs were, I think, a buck fifty. It's fucking turn back time. Speaking about eight eight card booster packs, I I went into a game store. I don't know month or so ago and they had a booster but they had a pack of uh the dark and i you know eight 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 card pack and i thought uh you know i used to buy these for like five bucks a piece you know what what do you want for your the dark pack they want a hundred dollars yeah <laughs> for, for a pack for a set that has you know nothing nothing in it you know, even amazing even for blood moon what even so blood moon which has gone down significantly in value last time yeah. I, saw, I don't know but also, yeah. like, is Preacher been going up? Is that the idea? Because I know Maze of Myth went down, but I think I saw it's a little value. Preacher has a little value. It's still okay. Yeah. There's That's a lot of, yeah. There's a lot of cards in dark. There's a lot of cards in dark that have gone up to like $10 plus. Oh, okay. I guess I haven't priced them up lately. I just cannot think of the expensive yeah. ones right now. It's, I mean, still, you pick a random card in the dark, it's terrible. The card is yeah. absolutely terrible. Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll save that for the dark episode. episode. We'll save that for the, the dark episode. Okay, sorry, here. sorry. All right. We'll get to the getting dark. off topic. Which I'm excited about the dark, actually. Because yeah, well, <laughs> we should, you know what, we should, let's, let's let's address the let's address the cards at hand here. Let's let's dive in. Yeah. Um, so first I've got the list here. I don't know if you guys have pulled up, but I at least have it for reference here. So topping off the, the start of the list before legends were even a creature type, uh, we have Abu Jafar. Hmm. So for one white, zero one uh, human, uh, when he dies, destroy all creatures blocking or blocked by it. They can't be regenerated, um, which I think is a really interesting design space. Um, it's death touch. Also, death like, touch. It's yeah. like death touch, but it doesn't have to deal the damage. Like if it's assigned blocking yeah. or bl becomes blocked, like I don't know who would block it, but you know, whatever. Um, it is an interesting card in that way. Like I like that they did that because... Like Cockatrice was in uh, Alpha, and at that point, you did have an idea of Death Touch, like making contact would just kill it. But in this case, it's like just encountering this leper, you know, like would be the death of you. And I like that. I like that space right there. They could kill it. They could just the blocks, like it's a zero one, like whatever, like just coming in contact with it kills you. And I do want to acknowledge um, something that's really funny about this card that this is just a side note, but. When they can't be regenerated, what's really funny to me is the panic over regeneration in older in old school, because they thought that regenerate was a busted ability, 
because, oh God, if the creature survives, like how could it ever be stopped? So if you check almost any card that says destroy target creature in old school, it follows with cannot be regenerated. Yeah. They nerf regeneration so much that it doesn't matter. And so nobody played any creatures with regenerate. So they were so worried that creatures would regenerate and survive to the point where they made regenerating irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, well, as a, as a kid, my brother played Drudge, Drudge Skeletons. And my recollection, I don't, I don't think I ever thought that they were too powerful, but they were absolutely annoying. Right. In I mean, combat, sure. In combat, it's definitely like. But as a kid, as a ten, as a twelve-year-old, everything was combat, right? I, just, I, was a, yeah, I wasn't combat. casting spells. I was making monsters and attacking. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> Willow, Willow the Wisp with an unholy strength was terrifying. Yeah. I yeah. should also note if if this is worth anything, I'm going to be reading off of the list that I have that I realize has the oracle text. So. If at all possible, should I be reading the card text? Because that's usually a little more comical on these old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Switch over. Right, I got it. Okay, switch over go. to I'm the gonna... switch over to the printed text and. Yeah. Um, so let me. So, I'm gonna. Well, so, a random. Okay. Pro... No, this is much better. Let me read Abu Jafar instead. He has <laughs> a summon leper now. Yeah. He... Summon leper. <laughs> when leper was a creature type, that was very hot demand. Yeah. Okay, so if Abu, not even his full name. If Abu dies without regenerating while participating in an attack or defense, all creatures Abu is blocking or being blocked by are also killed and may not regenerate. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Classic. Okay, so moving on. Hey, ra random programming note. Um, so evidently I'm not on the paid Zoom anymore. So we're going to have to take a, a, in three minutes, we're going to have to sign out and I'm going to have to log us back in. And then... Okay. Uh, Tyler, well, so we'll have a part two, probably a part three, and then I'll I'll ask Tyler to kindly stitch these all back together. Sorry for my janky. I know I used to have a I used to have an account here, but uh, evidently it's all good. Uh, yeah, we, three minutes. Well, we've made it through one card. <laughs> well, hold on. Yeah, like we 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 can't spend ten minutes talking about each card. We might want to hit the highlights, well, there, Mister Roar. I, my thinking is we're going to breeze past. Like we were, we've been chatting so much about the others. I think we're yeah, going to breeze yeah, yeah. and have occasional things. <laughs> Well, I, I will I will say my comment about Jabu Jafar is that I think the most play the format in which he is the most playable is in old school EDH because he's oh. pretty pretty good commander in the mono white like control deck. Oh, that's yeah. nasty. Yeah. Yeah. He's not just, legendary, so. But no, in old in old school EDH <laughs> in old school commander he is definitely legendary. You can use him. You can play Aladdin. You can play all that stuff. Sure, judge, judge. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my my only Abu Jafar story is a, a one of uh, Carter's foibles when he was trying to like uh, spike some online tournament with his you know rug atog you know super brew, and he got balled by Abu Jafar in the finals <laughs> of some online <laughs> tournament, lost. <laughs> that was like two see again i don't know the time warp. i don't remember was that last year was it two years ago what year was it i don't know but it was timeless meatball got ball all right i'm what? gonna i'm gonna hang us up real quick um and then i'm going to uh send you guys a this all is right. part this was chapter one chapter one <laughs> from a land from a far away place where the caravan camels roam where they cut off your ear if they don't like your face. It's barbaric, but hey, it's home. When the wind's from the east and the sun's from the west and the sand in the glass is right, come on down, stop on by, hop a carpet and fly to another Arabian night. Arabian night, like Arabian day.
Okay, this is chapter two of the Lords of the Pit retrospective on Arabian Nights, a Garfield's game game published by Wizards of the Coast. Lord Roar, take it away. All right, we pick up with the second card. <laughs> uh, there will be a different installment for each one. Oh, okay, God. but we are uh, we'll be rolling here as we're just addressing the cards, and I want to have a lot to say about each one. So, Aladdin. Uh, two and two red uh, for a one one. Summon Aladdin, uh, but not a legend. Uh, <laughs> now for this is interesting. That's a one red red and tap to take control of an artifact from opponent. Artifact is returned when Aladdin is removed from play or when game ends. An important yeah. distinction. <laughs> yeah, ownership does not change hands upon the activated ability. So I mean, this one is interesting. In as, in as much as at least, um, which we'll see later with like Old Man and Sea, which is pretty cool. Like a card that wasn't just taking control, like control artifact or uh, what's it? Uh, control magic, steel artifact and control magic, sorry. Um, that it relinquishes control, so to speak, um, when it leaves play. Though I guess the enchantment would do that too. Well, but. also, you can take multiple things. You, True. you, you, you get to it's, it's, yeah. it's not like Preacher. It's not like Old Man of the Sea or that whatever. Um, you can keep activating and stealing things. And I've always really wanted to play this guy, but... Yeah. The, the CMC of the of the artifact is irrelevant. So you can take mm. their Colossus of Sardia or you can take their Mox. It doesn't matter. It's just, what, one one double-double, double-red and, tap, and, uh, and tap it and you you know, take whatever you want. He's a house if he lives. Yeah, yeah. What's interesting about the design is that it, they're putting a lot on the players to keep track of whose cards are whose. Right? <laughs> I mean, with Control Magic, you know, it's pretty easy to keep track of things. But with Aladdin, you've got to somehow, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunity for little oh, kids was- to walk walk off from the playground with other kids' cards, right? Yeah. True, and yeah. Then- like, Control Magic has to be, like, separated from the card. This is, like, that, that was on my side. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Aladdin does see play in like uh, singleton decks and things like that. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty strong. I know, I know, Sanders likes likes Aladdin quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but you, you guys really don't don't use the Arabian uh, legends for old school commander. You guys don't allow it. Well, we just I, haven't, I haven't ever even played old school commander. I'm sure it's completely yeah. reasonable. We haven't we haven't done it all since we have. It's been up two years since we met. So okay. yeah, I need to I need to put together an old school commander deck for sure. Um, um, now it's classic commander. You got to put classic commander. Yeah, oh, now right. it's classic. Well, for, for Lord's house, yeah. Okay, so our next card is the most expensive card in Magic at a whopping fifty-five mana. Uh, <laughs> what? Aladdin's <laughs> lamp. Aladdin's <laughs> lamp. <laughs> Which, of course, uh, if you don't know, or at least if you listen to this and you're wondering why I say that, it only was supposed to cost ten, and they couldn't fit ten into it um, in an. I guess there was no reason other than they didn't have a 10 in a circle. So they were like, well, if five and five makes 10, they'll figure it out. Um, I mean, it's why, it just, why yeah. it didn't just cost nine for that matter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I don't know about you, but I have never, I have never played a game of Magic in which Aladdin's lamp was activated. I've yet, think, yeah. That I mean, happened. if it was, I would just Aladdin it anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would. If somebody plays that piece of shit against me, I'm going to detonate it. It's an example of like original game design where almost all the artifacts in ABU like could have any mana cost and you would not think twice about it, right? I mean, force force field could be three or it could be six. Like, well, yeah. I don't know, right? You know, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's almost as if they picked mana cost out of a hat, right? Like if you made a lens lamp cost four, right? <laughs> would it even see play? Uh, and no, and I really. do love that. As a cool cool of a mechanic as it is, I can't even understand why they were like, dude, that's a 10 drop. I don't care how you slice it. Like X, instead of drawing a card from the top of your library, it's a mono artifact, so X and tap. But instead of drawing a card from the top of your library, draw X, but choose only one to put in your hand and then shuffle the leftover cards and put them in the bottom, which I'm guessing the Oracle text is probably what you could have done with that 10 mana dude it's it's you have to act you have to spend the x after paying the 10. and you have to wait for a draw you have to replace the draw i would say i would say too what's even like i wanted to double check because the way this is worded is instead draw x and put one in your hand no it has been updated at least to say you're like basically scrying x i just wanted to be sure it wasn't some kind of you could trigger a bunch of draw triggers mm. for what you would i don't but it's sure. not how it works it's peak at X, and then you get that one. Yeah, yeah. So you're not getting balled by underworld dreams. <laughs> if you if you were bored with the game enough to cast Aladdin's lamp, you can always kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's 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 leave the lamp be and move on to the next. Aladdin's turn. ring. Uh, and there we this go. one I do love, but it yes. is a bit over again arbitrarily costed at eight. Um, and again, a mono artifact, so eight and tap, but do four damage to any target. Very progressive card that it could hit planeswalkers at the time. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. were thinking ahead or yeah. thinking yes i, I um, do play i do play ring i like you know as you guys know i like big mana decks and so i have yeah. i have played ring from time to time it's definitely a card that i enjoy uh quite I, a bit. I gotta say too amazing art love fraser's art so much i mean 16 mana for the first four damage you know what could <laughs> go wrong <laughs> <laughs> you could have fireballed him again for all of these big mana. It's just like you could have just fucking fireballed him, dude. Yeah. All right. Well, I have another question. So one of the things I've been so on my mind, been on my mind, you know, somewhat recently is what which is better, Aladdin's ring or voodoo or voodoo doll? Oh god, I, I like I, voodoo doll a lot. Like I've wanted to with voodoo doll, like I don't know, like relic barrier it to keep it from hurting you. And then sure. the turn you want to pitch it, like pay for it. And like, you know, because, no. you know, you don't have to like, it, it's like if Voodoo Doll is untapped, it like hurts you, right? Is there That's something correct. about it? Yeah. 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 Well, I think, uh, I mean, it is, you know, once you've got, once you've got four counters on it, it, it is an Aladdin's ring, right? Right. Um, but it keeps getting bigger, right? So if you, you can have an Aladdin's ring that does six, right? And so on. Um, if you can handle, handle it doing damage to you. But, um, you know, I think Aladdin's Ring, people do play Aladdin's Ring, but don't play Voodoo Doll. But um, I've started to think that maybe Voodoo Doll is actually uh, better than we give it credit for, for that reason. I, I, you know, I'll see you on that. Like, when we get to, that was Legends, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, we're going to have to, we'll have to get into that heated debate. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> when we don't get wanna, I don't want to distract, it would be nice. Yeah. We, we get analyzed both fairly. 
Uh, well, buy, buy your voodoo dolls now before you <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Voodoo dolls are on the rise. Spec your voodoo dolls now. All right. Um, next up on the list, another pseudo legend, Alibaba, which is aggressively costed one for one one. So we already love it. Um, I, I remember reading about there for one red, tap a wall. Yeah. <laughs> Something I do love about what I heard about this, or at least like in the trivia that I was just kind of reading about the history of it. And there was writing from like Richard Garfield, people who worked on the set, things like that. There were a lot of walls in ABU. There aren't really too many walls in this set. There are some more in Legends. And I think they really envision walls playing a bigger role in Magic than players followed through on. So they just kind of stopped making them. But like walls for them created like sort of this environment to the game. You know, so it created this sort of like there are these barriers to combat. There's like more inter interesting. It created like interesting interactions. So Alibaba was actually considered to be like, is he too powerful? Yeah. Like, yeah have, we, mean, have we gone out of our minds? You can just tap walls down. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, if you think of one man of one ones with activated abilities in old school, I mean, he's got to be in the top five. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I think it's easily. You know, in the, I mean, in, in Singleton, he's, you know, very strong, right? You definitely would want to include it in, a, like, a kind of low-to-the-ground aggro deck, you know? It's, can, can get, can really bust through. That is true. Yeah. And I will note, too, because I hadn't, I don't think we mentioned it yet, but all the uh, flavor text was also very rushed, because usually flavor text helps develop the environment. But in Arabian Nights, not that it was necessarily rushed, but it's all just, like, pulled from Arabi Arabian Nights. Um, they had their, like... I forget the, the person's name at this point. It was uh, this woman that I cannot recall the name. I forgot to take a note down of her name. I just remember reading that she was just going through and like pulling quotes out from Arabian Nights whenever they needed flavor text because they wanted that to like reinforce the world of Arabian Nights to make it feel like this like separate fictional place. Um, yeah. So anyway. Well, speaking of speaking of flavor text, uh, what would what is your guess for how many how many cards of the 78 Arabian Nights because how many of them have flavor text? What's your guess? Man, actually, that's a good question. 16? 16. Okay. I don't know. I mean, Moss, there's a good Moss, what do you think? I'll say a third, so 25. 25. Yeah, so the actual answer is 19. So right oh, okay. you guys. So yeah. just, on, just under a quarter. So less than a quarter of the cards in Arabian Nights actually have flavor text. That's so, interesting. So yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they do what they can to kind of reinforce this place. The plane of Arabia, Arabia, or whatever. <laughs> uh huh. Okay, yeah. so credit credit where it's due. Be Beverly Marshall Selling was the edit was the editor. Is credited as the art direction and graphic design. Oh, excuse me. No, that was Jesper Mirforce. Uh, Beverly was yeah. She was the editor for Arabians. And you know, I pulled this information. I'll, I'll plug plug the uh, Lords of the Pit website. We have um, the first year of all of the duelists scanned in high res, and yes. duelist issue number one is up there, and that is the Arabian Nights review. So for anybody listening, they want to read up more, they can go to lordsofthepit.com and find uh, issue one of Duelist and more. And I've, I've given you guys props for this in the past, but I, I really, I think it's it's worth repeating that that's an amazing labor of love and it's, you know, tremendous service <laughs> to the community to have done that. Um, so, you know, yeah, th no. thank you very much for doing that. And, and for, for all you listeners out there, you know, avail yourself of that because um, it's it's uh, preserved for posterity for you. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool resource. 
Okay, uh, card number four. I will say, I will say, well, we're further than four, aren't we? Whatever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is the first real spicy card, one of my favorites in the set. Ali from Cairo. There we go. Red, summon Ali from Cairo. Yes. A zero one while he's in play. Damage that would reduce your life to less than one lowers you to one life. Uh, all further damage is prevented. So very much like force field, um, but force field only stops like unblocked creatures or something, right? Yeah, force field yeah. makes unblocked creatures do one one damage. But this one can even like a fireball, like they would have to waste burn on Ali to yeah. then proceed to burn you. Yeah. So yes. Ali, I love him. Uh, great card. One of my favorite cards, but I always found so mystical and I really didn't understand the game, but I remember seeing that in a duelist yeah. or in a quest or something. And I was just like, how do you get better than that? Like that's, yeah. that guy keeps you from dying. <laughs> like, Yeah. And he um, was, he was restricted at one time too. Yeah. For, yeah. A uh, very powerful guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of our first problematic cards we can address army of Allah. Uh, yes. uh, one and two white, uh, an instant, uh, all attacking creatures get, Plus two, plus O oh, um, until end of turn. I mean, it's solid, but I never, in all the different iterations of White Leanie that I ever built, Army of the Law rarely got slotted in. I'd rather just play a creature or a crusade, another problematic yeah. card, but what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anything, any any insight on Army of the Law you guys feel? Yeah, like? I mean, I do think you need like 24 creatures minimum, right? Which leaves right. very little slots for Army yeah. of the Law. But and even if you do put it in, it's like, you know, at best, like a three mana burn spell for six um yeah which takes setup so you know it's it's uh it, it looks good in practice and i i do like it when you're playing cards like vacation town or Jose's on tomorrow and whatnot but uh not not yeah, probably not probably not good enough in a white media deck yeah Jose's oh. on tomorrow is a great example of a card read when you use that sorry uh were you gonna say something Moss, or did i no i'm good Okay. Well, then, Moss, are you going to say something? We're on the Bazaar of Baghdad. Oh, dude. One of my all-time... <laughs> that is probably in my top three, maybe higher, all-time favorite magic cards. The art is amazing. It's valuable. I mean, it's like, you don't see a lot. Like, it, it's one of those cards, like, back in the day, it's like, what, what is this thing? Like, I knew, you know, as a kid, it's like, I never saw it. And then even when I started playing old school, it blew my mind. The first Lords of the Pit event I went to, Jacob was playing Naya Bazaar Zoo, and I saw it in action there, and it blew my mind there. With just the raw power of drawing cards, especially in combination with Sylvan, where you kind of know what's on deck. So you know when kind of when to activate for uh, you know profitably. And then later on, I saw uh, Shane play old school reanimator, all Hallows Eve reanimator with Bizarre. And that was it. That was game over. I was head over and heels with love, yeah. uh, head over and heels in love with it. And now you play it at every tournament, right? <laughs> played, I played a lot. I played yeah. a lot. Yeah, I played it at Christmas Chaos. It was a hoot. The main note I love to say with this card is just its last line of text is the uh, no spells may, between, may be cast between drawing and discarding cards. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, yeah. hey. I don't care if you drew an instant, you put that down. Exactly. No, that's you have zero cards in hand. You, you know, <laughs> draw three, cast two spells, you know. <laughs> um, I guess I didn't read the text, but I'm hoping everybody knows what Bizarre does at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bird Maiden. If you don't know, play Moss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bird Maiden. Uh, two and a red for a one-two with flying. The only thing I know about this card is they were they didn't want to give red too many like value flyers. Like Shiv and Dragon was meant to be like the benchmark and Rock of Kerr Ridges was 
sort of like I know there was like a legendary type bird they want to give him a nod but mostly red was meant to be like goblins orcs dwarves like yeah. low to the ground guys yeah. so bird maiden's a very overcosted underpowered flyer that's outclassed yeah. by virtually every flyer in the game yeah. but isn't she pretty it's yeah. cool art it's, you know, oh, it's, it's Ka- kaya foglio art i own i own one copy and it it's to go into my naya babes deck right just just, <laughs> just one one of every one of every babe one of the babe one of each babe yeah yeah um moving on to bottle of suleiman which is a real novel of a card here uh i've always wanted to play it i'll be honest because i just wanted to do a coin flipping deck but yeah. even then i'm like would i even have fun but um it's a riot, dude, and credit credit to the meatball. He played this. In oh, his, really? He played this a while ago, before he went full like you know big branding spike king. He was playing like this with copy artifact, and you because it's a it's a it's an artifact jit, so you can get the yeah. five five. Was it five five or four four? I forget. Five, 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 you get five. the five five and just copy it. Yeah, it's oh, it's a five, it's an artifact uh, token. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I'm pretty well, sure it probably is. It's just a, a five five gin, but I bet that like yeah, it's it's made so that the token is a, is an artifact. Yeah, I think oh, it's it right is. no gin. Okay, I'll read the text. It actually answers our question. So it's four drop for, and then it read God, the fucking card play. for one. Hey, flip a coin, uh, and it is a mono artifact, so you have to tap it yeah. uh, with <laughs> opponent calling heads or tails while the coin is in the air. So not before or after. <laughs> if, the, if the flip ends up that wasn't in like parentheses i just added that if the flip uh ends up in opponent's favor bottle of suleiman does five damage to you otherwise create a five five flying gin immediately um or otherwise a five five flying gin immediately comes into play on your side use a counter to represent gin gin is treated exactly like a normal artifact creature except that if it leaves play it is removed from the game entirely no matter how the flip turns out, Bottle of Suleiman is discarded after use. Now, it's interesting. You could activate this on your opponent's turn, right? And basically flash in a 5-5. Five five. True. Yeah. 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 Okay. Or take yeah. 5. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Let's look at the upside here. Let's not like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've often thought that the math would be better if this card costs two and one to activate instead of what it's four and one to activate. Four and one. Yeah. yeah. If it was like two and two, I'd be happy. Yeah, I mean, two, two and one to activate, then you're getting, like, I would say a fair deal, right? Okay, you pay three mana, and you can either get a 5-5 five, five, or take five damage and get nothing, right? Like, yeah, you get you get to turn four, or you get to the ability at least to generate four mana, and you're spending on either to punch yourself in the face for five or <laughs> run away with a 5-5 five, five flyers. Kind of like, are you just done with the game? Is that what you... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, coming up next, very hot. I love this guy, Brassman. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, one for a one-three. Uh, this is before we were, although I think there were actually, there were artifact creatures in ABU, right? Yeah. Okay, never mind. I thought it was, I thought I'd acknowledge they, they didn't type them. They weren't Juggernaut. typing them. So, oh, exactly. And like Clockwork, Avian, and Beast, right? No. Clockwork Beast is from Alpha, yeah. yeah. Beast. Um, Brassman does not untap as normal. You must pay one during your untap step, untap phase to untap it. Yeah. But yeah, great this is, Christopher Rush art, one of my favorite arts in the yeah, set. Yeah, getting on the theme of pushed creatures. I mean, this guy is very clearly pushed, right? Oh, yeah. In comparison to ABU. Very, like, just, it feels like a downside. You have to pay one to untap it, but then you're like, wait, am I not supposed to be tapping it? Like, is this guy meant to just, like, fucking, is he a little wall, but he's not a wall? Like, I mean, he's a yeah. For example, compare him to Wall of Wood, right? Yeah. Zero, three, four, one, or you can get a one, three, four, one that can attack. 
Yeah. Right? I mean, just objectively better. Yeah. Love it. Uh, Camel. Boom. God, tell us what that does. Camel. Uh, one for a zero one. One white for zero one. It bans. Uh, it's a... All creatures attacking in a band with camel are immune to damage done by deserts. So rest, <laughs> e rest easy. Prelude. Prelude there. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Um, we'll just roll on because and fine art. I guess I shouldn't even have to say it for most of the cards. And 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 Moss, I'm sure you agree. And Don, I'm sure you agree too. But all the art in the set. Yeah. It's harder to find, I think, art that I'm like less excite excited about. Than art that I'm like really like really blown away by. You it's know? pretty damn good overall. Yeah, I I guess I should wait to find the art where I'm like I hate this card. <laughs> but moving on, like okay, this one I think is one of the most uh, format defining cards. City in a bottle. Yes. Uh, you will not see this. I mean, not but like I, I can't imagine a format where you'd see this elsewhere than old school. Like this and Chaos Orb. I should have gotten some City in a Bottles when I had a chance. I didn't. Now it's like impossible for me. Uh, outside of like proxying, but you know, it's just wow, what a card! Yeah, I think, it's a house. I think, I think Drew mentioned to me that he painted a separate painting for City in a Bottle and they rejected it because they couldn't tell what it was. And that this this art was the one that was accepted, which is hilarious because you can't tell what this is either. Right. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't titled City in a Bottle. What would you think was happening? <laughs> right, right, right. The only thing I got to say about this though is that uh, the whole City in a Bottle or yeah, concept at least for Arabian Nights as a set comes back from Sandman Ramadan, I believe, was what um, Richard Garfield was reading at the time that inspired him to want to do an Arabian Nights set. Not so much Arabian Nights, the book itself, but that he was reading Sandman Ramadan and that City in a Bottle was like it all occurred within the city in the bottle. And it was like learning that this whole story was like contained in this little bottle, like, you know, when they kind of got perspective of where they were. So this card was just a house to the set because it literally inspired the entire set. And it also inspired the Chicago in a bottle playmats that we oh. had from the third old school ball. The best playmat of mine that Grant has never spilled beer on. <laughs> I actually have one right here on my desk. I use it as my just everyday yeah. kind of desk mat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge, huge, huge uh, mouse pad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next up, actually, Dan, uh, back to back. One of the other. Now, this isn't like a format defining card. This is just one of the most, I don't know, evergreen cards in Magic. City of Brass. Um, yeah. yeah, that was a chase rare when I was a kid. See, oh, I mean, it had better card sense, but like, I mean, you just can't beat a classic. Like, taps for one man of any color, take a damage. Like. Okay, yeah. <laughs> sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. It was it was one of those cards that everyone wanted when I was a kid. I I, I lusted after City of Brass. It's just unfortunate. It's wording always kind of hurt you in certain weird circumstances, like if they would like icy out your tat or your City of Brass. But otherwise, what a what a glorious card. Just remember that 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 damage goes on the stack. Yeah. So if you have one life and your opponent's at three or less. You can tap your city of brass, put the damage on the stack, lightning bolt them, and win the game. <laughs> that that would be a good feeling for sure. Yeah. That is a good note, though. I guess I never really thought about it. I haven't been in that position, but it's interactions like that that are so important. Like not in this, not in this set, but like Spirit Link, where it does the damage before you gain the life. So, like if you Spirit Link your opponent's guy, they can still kill you um, if you're within kill range before you get that life back. But uh, that's for another. <laughs> take but, it from the take it from a pro here. Tips from the pro. 
I played a lot of Spirit Link, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> I bet me, dude. Moss has bolted a lot of people to death. I have. <laughs> um, I, okay, so I'm going to struggle with this one, but I would say it's Kumbaj Witches. Yeah. Kumbaj Witches. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. Black, Black, 1-3. Uh, also, uh, let's see here. Summon Witches, as you'd imagine. Tap to do one damage to any target. Opponent may also do one damage to any target. You choose your target before your opponent does, but damage is inflicted simultaneously. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, a great... I don't know. I feel like it might be outclassed in terms of, like, aggro in black, but I've seen it used. I've certainly seen it, like, in mono-black aggro lists. Yeah, it's a problem. You can't play any X1s in Kumbash Witches, but this is also an example of, like, a very mm -hmm. pushed creature. I mean, this is incredibly good. One, three Prodigal Sorcerer for two mana? Like, whoa. Yeah. Um, I could kill a Prodigal Sorcerer. Yeah, and this card, this card still sees play in Popper, right? To this day, mm -hmm. right? People still, still a very, very strong card in Popper. And the art is sick. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I, uh, it, it definitely gave me weird feelings in my loins when I was eleven, for sure. <laughs> you became a man that day. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, 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 to this day, I look back at that card and I, I remember kind of kind of staring at it as a, as a young boy with kind of, you know, not, not quite understanding the, the feelings <laughs> that I was experiencing. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> a little too intimate. Yeah, yeah I'm not touching well, that. Yeah, but true story, yeah. It's, that's, okay. it's, it's near and dear to my heart for that reason, you know. Speaking of near and dear and heart, near and dear to my heart for no reason, Cyclone, a card I've really wanted to break so many times I cannot seem to build it. Yeah. Uh, but two and two green. Put one chip on Cyclone, so any flavor you want. Uh, each round uh, during your upkeep, then pay one green for each chip or discard Cyclone. If not discarded, Cyclone immediately does one damage per chip to each player, each creature in play. I don't so, know if you've ever read Inquest, though, but... Oh, yeah. uh, like Dead Man's Hand with like Eugene, um, or was it just Eugene? Uh, Eugene T. Dudley was that it? But the guy, but the guy would always use food as counters on his cards, like little Cheetos or like you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. That's what that makes me think of. But <laughs> so there's, <laughs> no, there's no there's no other card in Arabian Nights that references counters, huh? This is actually the first cumulative upkeep card. I bet it is. Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no other, we don't really have counters yet. Count well, actually we do, because didn't they say a counter to represent Jin? No, token. They token. didn't say token on the card, though. They call it a counter on... Ah, yes. Really? On, on the, on Suleiman, yeah, it says, uh, use a counter to represent Jin. Yeah. Oh, really? So there yeah. was a notion because counter. They were struggling with their keywording here, but they were yeah. figuring it out. It was so, early. Cyclone, well, I just I love, but it's you want to power into it with elves, right? You want to power into it with birds of paradise, and they're gonna die to cyclone. So it's a hard card to take advantage of, unfortunately. Let's let's revisit this counter versus chip versus token language when we get to Rook Egg. I'm I'm very curious. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> but yeah, Cyclone, I mean it's a mess, but I love it. Um I mean, Roar and I have had multiple conversations. I mean, yeah, at least a half dozen conversations about how to make Cyclone playable. Um, over the years, right? And I, mean, I feel like you know what we're going to get to if Biff a freak, but like that's probably the closest you're going to get to making Cyclone work. You know, like, yeah. Cyclone's not the card. It's if 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 Biff. Yeah. Um, Dancing Scimitar. Unless you guys have something to say, not a whole lot here. It is exciting. It is exciting to be a one five 
for four with flying. Like that's a yeah. decent wall. Yeah, I mean, we haven't found a creature that I that is not pushed by ABU standards. I mean, a one right. one five flyer for four generic mana is absolutely it's, pushed by ABU standards. Right? Yeah, Every creature we've seen so far has been busted. Yeah, yeah it's solid. Um, actually, this one I love just because of the art alone, but like from a nuance perspective, uh, Dan Dan. Yeah. I never saw the fish as a kid. I think I was just not looking. I was looking at the boats and I just kind of saw the fish as just like coral or something in the water. So I was like, what the fuck is a Dan Dan? Until like later when I was like really like staring at my card and I was like, oh, there's a fish. Yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> like, that subtly counts for something, right? I mean, it really I, does. Yeah. I mean, that's why Drew Tucker is probably my favorite magic artist, I'd have to say. And I would say Dan Dan, and specific, Dan, Dan specifically, I think, is probably in the maybe top five, top 10 arts in all of magic. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, Dan Dan, just for the uninitiated, has Island Home, but in a much wordier fashion. <laughs> um, two blue for a four one is nothing to laugh at normally, but uh, it certainly dies to a Kumbaj which is am I right? But uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, you know, without a phantasmal terrain or thing, if they're not playing blue, you're just sort of like, check out this like yeah <laughs> it's not entirely interactive but you know not the end of the world who doesn't play islands sure. uh, coming up next a card that kills damn <laughs> desert yeah. um, <laughs> 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 yeah, colorless mana to mana pool or do one damage to an attacking creature after it deals damage um I like that it deals after deals damage. It seems a little fairer. Otherwise, this card would be insane. Um, but I love Desert. I was hoping to use it more in Old School when I first learned what Old School was, but I realized that creatures don't really exist that are within kill range of Desert. I mean, it's currently banned in Type 1.5 just because uh, it's, it's was so wildly overplayed. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know anything about the format, and that should reinforce that point. It's too bad. You, I think you'd really love it. I think you, it's definitely up your alley. I will play it if, if Desert's finally banned, then I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's old school, except every good card's banned, so you can only play bad cards. Okay. That, I mean, you got me interested. If only because nothing I hate about good cards, I'm sure when we get to Library of Alexander, I'll let out an audible groan. But, like, <laughs> I, there are just cards that I hate seeing in old school sometimes where I'm like, oh, neat. My turn. <laughs> like like i like when at least when someone plays something that i'm just like no fucking way like what you pulled you pulled out that you know like yeah. that weird tag i used i used desert when we had our singles turn it's really good there yeah it's solid i mean solid i definitely card. got a oh yeah and singles i could imagine because then you really spread out your creature diversity um so that i could see it there um but these guys definitely know how to party desert nomads uh <laughs> Two in a red, two, two, desert walk. So fuck your desert. Yeah. Uh, desert nomads are immune to damage done by deserts. Uh, so as a two, two, a desert wouldn't even kill them, but it still couldn't if you had two deserts. <laughs> yeah, these are definitely the Freeman from Dune. <laughs> right. Yeah, we, and, need, uh, we, need, we need to get the, an altruist on top of that, Make get a, get a play set of desert nomads. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Uh, oh, I do love this card, Desert Twister. There we go. Yeah, excellent card. Excellent Four card. Two green, destroy any card. I mean, it's kind of heavy for a vindicate, but God bless them, they're trying. Yeah, but you're in green. That's six six mana in green is like two mana in black. That is true. Yeah. And man, it when it hits, it hits. I mean, getting hit. I've been twisted at old school, and I didn't see it coming at all. Like 
they would get their mana up and then suddenly it was like my most relevant like i'm gonna win with this whatever it was or they'll hit my you know sylvan library they'll hit some important card that's got me you know like oh i'm about to wipe the board with this disc when i untap and they twist it and i'm just like did you really just desert twister me <laughs> like plus that that text is just is baller destroy any card in play yeah, yeah. like get fucked yeah <laughs> for six mana go wild man yeah, yeah. I definitely okay. play Desert Twister. That's a that's it definitely sees play. Uh, so this is another one of those old school uh, all stars, also kind of like an EDH card, I'd imagine. Diamond Valley. Oh yeah. Uh, tap to yeah. sacrifice one of your creatures in exchange for a number of life points. Like oh thanks, uh, equal to its toughness. Note this ability cannot be used after blocking has been declared. I guess that's kind of relevant. I never really thought about that last line. Is that actually in the Oracle text? Like, yeah, no, that's not the that's Oracle. The Oracle might be different, but that, I'm reading off the card. Oh, yeah, I, I don't. I, that must. I, I would imagine that's eroded so that you can. Let me act, let me back back block your Let me see if that's been changed at all. Yeah, block and then sack and gain life. Yeah, I mean, you'd think. Let me just see if the or, that's been Oracle because it seems kind of like an absurd distinction, but. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. Nurse. Yeah, the Oracle tax is just sacrifice a creature, gain life equal to its toughness. Okay. But back then, they were probably worried that people understood the rules too well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Diamond Valley is one of those cards that was expensive long before old school was a thing. Right. right. I mean, um, I think most of the cards in Arabian Nights, no one, no one cared about it at all. I mean, City in a Bottle was a joke card when I was getting into old school. I think I, was, I bought my, I bought a playset. Of sitting in a bottle from MTG Card Market over on Belmont in Chicago for ten bucks each because like yeah. they were they were a joke card right they were like Apocalypse Chime or something right they were um, happy to sell you those they were they were indeed yeah. um, but but I think most cards in Arabian Nights are like that right but uh, Diamond Valley has been an expensive card long before mm -hmm. long before old school yeah this this one uh, this one I really wish I would have pulled the trigger on I really wish I had a setup a drop of honey. Mm. Uh wow! Just Wonder, uh, wonderful art. That art, love, yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. During your upkeep, the creature and play the lowest powers destroyed and cannot be regenerated. If there is a tie, you choose which to destroy, and then drop a honey must be discarded if there are no creatures in play, a la pestilence or something. But God, I love that card so much. It's just the survival of the fittest. It's so green. Like it doesn't feel green because it's destroying creatures, but it is one of the greenest cards to me. Because it is like the lowest creatures on the totem pole die, you know, like in 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 the the strong survive the longest, and then oh, it's just so cool, flavorfully, you know, like my yeah. god, a little drop of funny. But awesome fun. for uh, awesome for EDH games. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm giving us a, a two minute warning here, then we'll have to uh, a smoke break before chapter three. Sounds good. We're, we're I think we're making we're we're rolling a little better now that we're in the cards here, though. So that's yeah. Good. I got yeah. literally nothing to say about this card, Ebony Horse. Um, but it is interesting, at least, that it was revisited as kind of like a reconnaissance and exodus. It's an interesting ability. It just It's hard to think of when you'd ever use it old school. But Ebony Horse is three. That's uh, a mono artifact, so three and tap. Um, or I'm sorry, two and tap. Remove one of your attacking creatures from combat. Treat it as though it never attacked, except that defenders assigned to it block it. Cannot or defenders designed to block it cannot choose to block another creature. So not the worst thing in the world, like flavorfully or mechanically, it's kind of interesting, like send everyone in, 
And then whoever they block, you can just save. And then the other guys can't, you know, like you can waste yeah. their blocker. It's cool, but uh, probably really interesting with banding, of course, but um, just not playable, uh, which is a shame because it's like a pretty, it's an interesting idea, but too much setup. Yeah. Um, Elephant Graveyard. Uh, mm -hmm. I would love to see this card get played. I just don't think there's really any worthwhile elephants or mammoths. Prove me wrong, please. Elephant Graveyard. So um, Mark Floor and a few other guys have played Ele uh, Elephant Disco. Um, you play the War Man. I'm in. Yeah, because because I think there's at least there's two. two elephants, and they're like solid. You get what a three three trample for four, and you get a two two banding trample. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, like that's reasonable if you're gonna. And then you play discs and elephant graveyards. I mean, at least elephant graveyard taps for mana. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas sure. our, our Diamond Valley did not. And I guess Sedge Troll is restrictive that you still have to regenerate and you need a swamp. I mean, elephant graveyard will keep like being 3 3 trample just makes it that much better than a Sedge Troll, which is just a 3 3 with regenerate. So I guess it's better in that theory. Is, yeah, elephant. Elephant Disco better than Troll Disco. You heard it okay. here first. All right, Smoke Break. Arabian nights, like Arabian days. More often than not, our heart has been hurt in a lot of good ways. Arabian nights, need Arabian moons. A fool of his guard could fall. All right, we're back. Smoke break is ended. This is chapter three. We had just finished extolling the virtues of elephant disco. <laughs> All right, and that's what I would at least like say. Let's we'll we'll keep it that like we're saying here. I don't want it to drag. I guess discussing set we're moving. So El Hajaj, not a whole lot to say. Could be legendary. Invented lifelink. So actually, I think I, actually I think this is the only one of them. This is the only one of them that's actually not a legend because Al Hajjaj just means someone who performs the Hajj, right? Oh. The, so so I think of you know of Aladdin and Abu Jafar and all those guys are all legends, quote unquote legends. Where I think El Hajjaj is is actually not. Yeah. Okay, that's an important distinction. I just figured it was some in El Hajjaj. It was like the name, but that's good to know. Yeah. But if you want to build them in uh, old school Commander, I'll, I'll let you do it. Yeah. Uh, moving on, of course, Erg Raiders. Uh, incredible, like one of the best mono black aggro staples. Yes. Of these guys. Yeah. Uh, it goes guys. Hand, hand in hand with your spirit link. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, thankfully, one in a black, not double black to cast. Yeah. Right. yeah you uh, just uh, double spirit link it and then uh, do nothing and uh, just uh, reap the rewards. Yes. The monster Urnum Jin. Oh yeah, baby. Ubiquitous in the format. Like, try not just splashing green just to throw him in there. Yeah. Love this guy. Ernum Geddon, like whatever deck you want to put him in. The guy does work. I don't know what you can. I'd love to have more of a story to say about him. It's not a whole lot you can say that just isn't apparent. The guy's amazing. Love the well, card. I fucking hate the art. I fucking hate <laughs> the art. The art never is made for the back of a duelist. That's all it's for. <laughs> <laughs> I would never talk 10 that, but man, I just fucking detest the art. So just as uh, Yedwin Afrit was an anagram for Wendy and Mijajin was an anagram for Jamie, <clears throat> I read that Ernum was an anagram for Herman. Yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> so tricky Dick Garfield had a friend named Herman that had a four or five named after him. <laughs> All right. Well, the next time you call someone a Herman as a as an insult, I'll just I'll I'll, yeah. I'll remind you that I'm a four five four five for four. Yeah. Um, eye for an eye is interesting in as much as it's not it's not white dealing damage. It's white like responding to damage, like returning damage. So it's like white doesn't exactly do direct damage, or even when we see later in like the dark fire and brimstone it's like you're both going to get hurt. So as opposed to like black, which is like draining, white is just like for hurting me, I hurt you too. So, But yours resolves first on the stack. So you could possibly win if they're trying to leave a fireball you. Um, it can, can only be cast when a creature or spell deals dam or does damage to you. Eye for an eye doesn't equal damage to them. So I guess, yeah, that is, uh, uh, that would happen first on the stack, would it? Wait, no, because they have to deal damage to you to respond to the damage. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it creates a trigger when you are dealt damage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's why nobody plays it. You're thinking Never of mind. the other. You're thinking of the other one, the three mana one, uh, which is in a different set, which is in Legends, and that's the one that uh, okay. I think reverse reverse damage. I think oh. reverse polarity. No, no. reverse damage. damage. The one with the one with the stupid face on it. <laughs> yeah, we'll get yeah. to that one. Yeah. Uh, fish liver oil, nothing to see here. Enchanted creature gains island walk, or rather, target creature gains island walk, but you're targeting the creature you're enchanting. Yeah. It's good with Merfolk Assassin. There oh, man, what a perfect removal spell. <laughs> uh, flying carpet. This is a fun one. Yes. Give a creature flying till end of turn. If the creature is destroyed before end of turn, so is flying carpet. <laughs> I so I'll point out, so far, so we're in the Fs right now. And yep. the creatures have been good, very good, and the yes. spells have been very bad. Yeah, uh, except for I guess Desert Twister, but but that's for a, the that's most part, great. those spells. I think they must have been worried that casting spells were just these instantaneous effects, but combat was much more memorable, much more like enjoyable of an experience. And I'm moving on uh, to an actually very exciting creature to push, Flying Men. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which we already had Scrib Sprites, I guess, at this point. But man, Flying Men, what a card! Yeah, when we when we first started first created the club out in San Francisco, you know, we 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 were considering being the Flying Men, and we were so mercilessly mocked by the Chicago club that we had yeah, to change our fucking name. Well, wasn't it something like the Council or the Society of Flying? Yeah, men Society of Flying Men. Yeah, and you dude, guys that's just, just ripped us apart. Ripped us apart. <laughs> so uh, we had to change our names. Thanks I a mean, lot, guys. Flying Men is fine. Hey, yeah. who, who are these guys? They're the flying oh, men. Who are these guys? The society flying. of flying men. Come on, that's a mouthful, dude. Actually, you know what I would have liked would be like unstable flying men, right? Because then you know you got the unstable mutation on it. Not bad. Not bad. Peace, peace and love to the beasts of the bay. They 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 they, uh, they landed, they made the right choice. They landed on a sick mascot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the great, yeah, okay. Uh, but keeping it rolling here, Gazban Ogre. Um, totally fun. One green for two, two that just takes a side of the winner. So fun. During its current controller's upkeep, the player with the highest life total takes control of him. That's fun. I love the flavor of Gazman Ogre. Yeah. The art leaves some to be desired, but what a what a great card, though. You know, your dream is you bolt your opponent and play this guy, but what happens is you play this guy, they bolt you, and you lose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I wanted you to have it. That was a trick. Yeah. Uh, Giant Tortoise, uh, a flavorful card, not necessarily like playable, but like fun. Uh, one in a blue for a one one while he's untapped, or Giant Tortoise gains plus zero plus three while untapped. Um, that's fine, good blocker, and 
can attack, but then becomes vulnerable. But now we come onto the real spice, like a real, you know, format defining card again. Guardian Beast. Hell yeah. Love that guy to death. I really wish I had some of those too. Love that guy. Guardian Beast is, uh, and I'm, 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 uh, I'm probably regurgitating or revisiting a conversation that we've had somewhere in the deep history of Pitcast. But Guardian Beast is one of those cards that you get value out of it the minute you cast it. So like a Triskelion, you know, it, it doesn't, the summoning sickness doesn't matter. You play this guy and you can immediately activate your orb and get the orb back or, or whatever, you know, disc if you're going to do disc shenanigans or whatever it is. Yeah. The turn, the turn he hits the table, he's like, the game has changed. Yep. Yeah. Love, Amazing love card. Art. The art too. The art's incredible on Guardian Beast. Yeah. The art's iconic. The effect is iconic. And a four mana two, four, I mean, kind of shitty. Don't play it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is, this beast doesn't see enough play. It's only one black. You're already splashing for DT and Mind Twist. Don't be a pussy. Cut Mind Twist. Splash for DT and Guardian Beast. My my experience with Guardian Beast has been that most of the decks that want to play it play very few creatures, and so if you play them in the main, you just get plowed immediately, pretty much every time. So my experience has been that Guardian Beast is almost more of a sideboard card in the artifact mm. decks, and you bring it in after they bring, take out their plows. Man, I so that I'm I'm lucky to have a set of these guys, and man, you just run them all out there, and so you know they they fight really hard to blow up that first beast. They're feeling good, and then you just play the second, and then they're fucked. That's a good <laughs> feeling. <laughs> I don't know. I got really passionate there. Beast is beast. Beast is a super fun card to play. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Hazran Ogris. You never really see this. In, uh, <laughs> this is another year. one. This is another one that Dom looked at as a young lad and had certain feelings. <laughs> <laughs> is this in your babes list? Is that yeah. no? But um, I will say she doesn't really see a lot of play in mono black aggro that I've seen. I I don't know two black for a three two, and you have to pay two when she attacks. You take three. Of course, that sucks. But two black for a three two is like a spicy. Like it's an exciting thing to see in terms of like. Yeah, I don't like aggro, but you can certainly do better. Not that you know any of us can do better than the ogres, but I mean this. This is another great spiritling target alongside Urgraves. You know, good point. So, uh, next card, very exciting. Uh, again, one mana, one one, like has an ability. Her jackal, mm -hmm. uh, tap to prevent a creature from regenerating for the remainder of the turn. Again, reinforcing how scared they were of regeneration. <laughs> Like they were like, we have to, we have to hose regeneration, or people are going to live forever. But I got to say, you love the Drew Tucker art on this. Really, absolutely, really absolutely. Cool. We we were mentioning earlier that like you know, as kids, I didn't. As a kid, I didn't have any really good cards, right? I don't have, I didn't have any mocks or anything like that. But I had a billion herjackals. <laughs> I must have had a stack. Actually, of them. If I can, to that point, herjackal was printed as a common in Arabian Nights. Or maybe it was actually like a common five, which would be like an uncommon, I don't know, but or a common one, sorry. But it became a rare when it was reprinted in what was it reprinted in? Chronicles. Chronicles. Yeah. Or, uh, don't tell me. Fourth, fourth, fourth edition. Sorry, fourth edition. That's I would be furious if I opened that. <laughs> yeah. That's so that's such a bad story, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that just makes you want to quit magic. Yeah. Okay. No, it was uh oh, it was a rare in sixth edition, even worse. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. All right. If Beth of Free, we were oh, talking yeah. about earlier. Love this guy. Love this yes. card. Fantastic. Uh, not it's, it's almost incredible. It's good. It's cool. It's almost an unbelievable magic card. 
Yeah, the three three aspect does make him like a little tamer than I'd wanted to be because he can be bolted. He doesn't really live up to the other great flyers like Sarah, like Serendipity, like Mahamodi. Like there's so many better flyers that just eat him alive. So you can't attack with him as much as you might want to, but his ability is pretty rad. Yeah, pretty pretty solid, pretty solid. I mean, if you if you're playing against a non green deck. This is pr- probably better than Force of Nature. I mean, it's still, you can do seven damage over the course, you know, over a two-turn cycle, um, you know, in comparison to eight on the Force of Nature with basically the same cost, right? So uh, so this is another guy where you get paid immediately. So you can you can yeah. slam him down and end the game if you have enough mana. Yeah, but uh, terrible if your opponent has any amount of forests. Oh, right, because as a, what is it? Oh. Oh any yeah, player, any player can do it. So yeah, you, worth worth noting about. It. I'm trying to like keep it moving, so I don't like necessarily read all the text of the card. Then maybe I should. But yes, in this case, we should note that his ability can be activated by anybody. So it does get like a bit wonky in the in the you know depending if they have the green mana to activate him or not to hurricane people. Yeah, yeah. So if they have any number of green sources, they have reduces the effect the amount that you can do it. Right. If they have two green sources, you can't activate him at all. So. I'm, I'm going to butcher this name because I don't think I've ever said it out loud in my life, which is stand a reason for this card. Uh, Islandfish Jasonius? Jasconius? I, I say it, uh, Islandfish Jaconius. Okay. So in honor <laughs> in honor of uh, the Islandfish. Yeah. Uh, summon Islandfish. Uh, he's a 6-8, so that's exciting right there for 7 mana. Um, another... Just a piece of shit. I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> just, just a big slow fish, dude. <laughs> like, you can do better. Like you can rarely do worse. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. You have to pay three blue during your untap step to untap him. He can't. He has island home. So you got to twiddle him, baby. No, you twiddle him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, island of whack whack. Um, doesn't you know one of those lovely lands that doesn't tap for mana but it does fog a flying creature yeah yeah but it you know it's great about it, it doesn't untap that creature like maze of it so which is great is it worth yeah. noting and it doesn't fog you i mean it fogs or I, i'm shorthanding it but it reduces their power to zero so i mean you can certainly certainly make them like lose you know in combat if they're dumb enough to attack with something that could lose in it but they're certainly not connecting especially the spirit link or anything like that yeah, but unfortunately, they can, uh, unlike Maze of Ith, which removes them from combat, they can wait for the ability to, to resolve and then giant growth their guy. Fair, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Jandor's Ring, nothing too exciting here. I think they were really worried about people drawing cards. Um, cost six, two and tap to discard a card you just drew and draw another card to replace it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah this is the one I drew, I swear. <laughs> now that's a miracle right there that's that's what miracle came from i think <laughs> so this this goes back to what we were talking about about Latin's lamp artifacts just having completely random mana costs like what would what would this have to cost for 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 you to play this right like zero or one probably right right um jandor saddlebags which i had no feelings about until it was pointed out to me by i believe ray pointed it out to me um it could be really cool with like Colossus of uh, Sardia, yeah. but Islandfish Chaconius, dude. You could easily untap your island, baby, or your Leviathan. Get what, one there cheap. What, what you do with Jandor is you untap your animated time vault. 
Which is, yeah, that's strong. That that doesn't sound. <laughs> that's you know, hell strong. Anime, if you're going to animate something, just animate Aladdin's lamp and go for the win. That's what I'm saying. Oh, true. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Jando saddlebags. Was it the actually? Oh, three tap, untap, untap, or three and tap, untap a creature. So interesting, but you know, uh, narrow. So jeweled bird. Okay, <laughs> we, we made, made it, baby. Halfway. Here we would. Um. Okay, jeweled bird. So apparently, uh, Kai Buddha, right? But is that his name? Buddha. Yeah, Buddha. I've never said it out loud. Again, a name that I've only like. I was reading about it when I was reading for like cards and trivia things like that. So jeweled bird is how he won the Invitational in two thousand one, and how he got to design Void Mage Prodigy. Uh, and apparently, the format was two hundred and fifty. They were playing uh, like where you play like eighteen cards of every color at, at minimum, and you had to play these like elaborate, stupid decks. You had to play anti, and there was some kind of rule about the value of your anti card could determine like the winner. Like the other person couldn't win if their card anti was like more valuable than yours. Someone can correct me. I I was still kind of confused. I read like several accounts of this. I don't fully understand the rules here. But the point is, he tinkered for a jeweled bird to remove his card because his card was $3.50 more than his opponent, but he was set to lose to his, or he was set to, yeah, lose to his opponent. So he tinkered for jeweled bird, which let him swap his ante with jeweled bird, which at the time was a $2 card. So he had less than value for ante. So then his opponent couldn't like alter that after that. And then he won <laughs> and then had to like change the rules. What the so, hell? So for people who are like, what is that? Jeweled bird is one for a mono artifact to draw a card and exchange jeweled bird from your contribution to the ante. Your former contribution goes to the graveyard. Remove this card from your deck before playing if you are not playing for anti. So it's banned in any format, um, but that would ever not play anti. But I just thought that was such a funny, like I had no idea about that story. I was but. playing in uh, I was playing in an online anti league um, where I used to play set of these guys, and it was a lot of fun. And I'm, normally you would just use it to just draw another card. Yeah, I mean, you know, because it was all it was all really cheap cards. Anti, you know, if you lost the anti card, you just mail it to your opponent, doodled on it, mail it to your opponent, whatever, you know. Um, so most of the time, you know, I, I played white weenie, cheap cards, you know, just slap down jewel bird, sack it immediately, draw another card. Thin the deck so you get the weenies going. So this next card uh, is titled, We Have Removed This Card Image From Our Database Because It Has Racist or Culturally Offensive Art, Text, or a Combination Thereof. Racism and cultural insensitivity are unacceptable and have no place in our games or anywhere. Um, so that's <laughs> not familiar. A card that unfortunately I always did want to play. I thought it would look really cool, but even in White Weenie, it never necessitated it. Yeah. When it was banned, I was like, whatever. Crusade was more of a hit, but Jihad oh, yeah. was harder to stick. So, and in case you don't know, Jihad was three white plus two plus one to all creatures or all your white creatures. Was it white creatures in particular? Yes. Unfortunately, it goes away. It, unfortunately, so I, I've played this card against you, Roar, and I remember you just blew up one of your dudes in response to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when we played Singleton, I played White Weenie with Jihad. I put Jihad in play. Roar had, like, one black creature I named Black. He, like, did something to his black creature. Jihad just goes away. 
It's like, okay, well, cool. That was triple white. That was hard to cast, but oh well. You know, sometimes you got to put a stop to the jihad. That's what Wizards <laughs> taught us. They did, dude. They canceled us some bitch. Single-handedly. Uh, Junon Afrit. Now, this guy I've seen occasionally in, like, black aggro. Yeah. One black, black, three, three flying, pay two black and upkeep, or he's destroyed and may not regenerate. Not that you sacrifice him, just, you know, they really they want to kill him. Almost a really good card. Yeah. He's so close, and I, I don't hate him for it. Uh, Juzon Jin, no one's heard of that. <laughs> uh, some spicy tech. Probably the most iconic magic card. Right up there with I mean, Black Lotus, but Juzon Jin, if you play the game at this time, yeah. you saw this face, this likeness, this image. Yeah. Like, he was their mascot for so long, it felt yeah. like. Yeah. He I is. The, I knew the, the art. Man. Yeah, I knew the art, but I did not know where it came from or what it was for many, many years, right? Yeah, like he, was so, he was so ubiquitous, I just didn't even know he was a card. They just He was always in Inquest, he was always in Duelist, he was always in Scry, you always saw him, and then suddenly I was like, oh, there's a card? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I'm always happy when I shuffle, shuffle up a deck with Jizen Jin, and I'm always disgusted by him um, after like a day of playing with yeah, him in my deck. He fucking sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> oh, man, tell us how you really feel. I mean, give him Trample or something. I mean, True. Jesus. Yeah, let him fly. Yeah. Uh, Cabal Ghoul. I remember Sanders really bawling me with this at one point. Um, yeah. Two and a black for one one. At the end of a turn, put a plus one plus one counter on for each other creature that died during the turn that was not regenerated. That's insane. That's good value. If you keep it online for a little bit, like you can make this guy get become a really nasty uh, ombre. Well, in your dead guy ale deck, you wrath of God, then play this guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Or, yeah. Or yeah. Exactly. Broken. Absolutely broken. This guy, look, another format defining card, King Suleiman. Um, one in a white, summon king. I don't know. I guess I'm guessing he's legendary. Tap to destroy an Efreet or a Jin. It's pretty it's pretty gnarly for the sideboard and the white weenie. Yeah. In, in the last round at the, the at the first eternal weekend we had in Pittsburgh, I guess that was 2016, something like that. In the last round, I played I played Mullen and uh we went to the, we went to game three. He was on White Weenie. That's all he played back then. And um, he brought in a King Suleiman, and uh, we, we were just in top deck mode. And this King Suleiman just like went the distance. Ended up doing like twelve damage to me. And one turn, I even had to play a Mahamoti Jin just so that I could fog this King Suleiman for a turn. <laughs> <laughs> That's desperate, dude. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, this one's a hot one. Not a lot to say here. Kurt Abe, amazing card. Love it to death. Um, we know the uh, owner of that original art, too, I believe. I, I, oh, uh, oh um, yeah, that, that's possible. I think the actual original, original, it's unclear if that still even exists, but I, um, I believe you're right that he has one of the, the, the original repaints, I believe. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. I think the original Kurt Ape is lost. I could be, um, our friend can correct me on this, but I believe that the original, original art was, was lost. But, um, well, if, yeah. if he's made it this far into this app, then kudos to him and thanks for listening. And he can, he can call into the hotline to correct yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you fucking peasant, you don't know anything. No, uh, whatever, <laughs> this next card is like why I love Four Strip Mines Library of Alexandria. Yeah. Uh, I hate, I will say for the record, I hate every game I've ever played where this hits the table. Yeah. Just me personally. 
I'm miserable. I hate it. I resent it. I'm like, I I just hate it. I hate this card. Better or worse than Mind Twist? Mind Twist makes me like upset. Library of, uh, Library of Alexandria is just someone, no one ever plays it confidently in front of me. They always play it like, hey, so library pass. Like, it's just very like, I'm sorry. Like, See, that's what's happening. It's you, this game. You got to own it, baby. When you play it, you got to last. <laughs> you got to just yeah. go, ha, I guess library. Yeah. I guess I'll be on the draw. Yeah. Yeah, probably, probably, probably the strongest card in old school, right? I mean, I mean, easily, yeah. That card is busted in half, like, yeah. And I love how it doesn't seem that way. I want to, you know, I want to keep things moving. I want to like dwell on it. Like, its power is known, but it doesn't seem that way. Like it taps your colors, or it's you have to have exactly seven in hand. Like that's a task, right? No, it fucking isn't. <laughs> I feel like we need a level set here because. Nick, you go to like Bizarre Baghdad, and you're like, for everyone out there in Radio Land who doesn't know what Bizarre Baghdad is, let me read you the text. Then you're like, we all know about Library of Alexandria. Burn it to the ground. Let's figure, let's figure out who our audience is here. Well, this is chapter three. Nobody's listening at this point. Yeah, only only Edders is listening to this. Yeah, poor guy. Okay. <laughs> so the next one, Magnetic Mountain. We all know what that does. Moving on. We, we've spent more. <laughs> we've spent more time on this. We, We've spent more time discussing this set than they took to design it. That is true. <laughs> uh, magnetic mountains. Uh, and we're on M. Yeah. We're just ice there. cold text. The There's only 70 through. cards. Blue creatures do not untap as normal. During their untap set, players may spend four for each blue creature they wish to untap. The cost may be, must be paid in addition to any other costs to, or cost a given blue creature may already require. So that's like, if you have an island fish, you're also paying three blue, buddy. You're not off the hook. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, Magnetic Mountain's a great hoser, but I mean, if you hate blue creatures that much, like, I don't know. Just use red elemental blast, dude. Come on. Yeah, come on. Uh, Merchant Ship. Uh, (laughs) So exciting. A blue for a zero two. If it attacks and is not blocked, you gain two life. It cannot attack, or it has island home as well. So... If it does a thing that's hard enough to do and your opponent doesn't bother to kill it sight on scene, you get two life. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so this was, this was, this, was oh, a U2, yeah. this was a U2, just as just the same as Library of Alexandria. So just to kind of describe, you know, the 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 power, the differential of power level, right? And then mm-hmm. there's as many of merchant ships out there as there are Library of Alexandria's. <laughs> Uh, Metamorphosis is this is an interesting card. I don't think I've ever played it myself or seen it played, but I, I like what it's doing. Uh, one green sacrifice a creature of yours in play. <laughs> of that distinction, sacrifice a creature of yours in play for an amount of mana equal to its cast and cost plus one. The mana can be of any color and can only be used to summon creatures. So I don't know. You could use that in an interesting way, but it feels like you're really two for one in yourself. Like yeah. Don't yeah. really know why. Especially you're... when your metamorphosed creature gets sourced. He's in, uh, as Moss said, this is Jane, named after Jamie, a yeah. friend of uh, Tricky Dick. Um, so we've got, you can choose to attack, if you choose to attack with Mijay Dijin, flip a coin immediately after attack is announced. Opponent calls heads or tails while it's yeah. in the air. If the flip ends up in opponent's favor, it's tapped but does not attack. So three red for a six, three. I mean, you could do worse, but it's kind of like going all in on a pretty large risk and a pretty uncomfortable yeah. guy. You should just be using uh, ball lightning here. Right, right. Yeah, at that point, like, be a man. 
uh, <laughs> be a man or, or a 13 year old. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, you know, spoiler alert, Yen would have freed far superior to Mi Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is funny. Oh but, my God, uh, love it. Yeah, uh, so, oh, we're getting there. Yeah, Moorish yeah. Cavalry, uh, two and two white for a three three with trample. Not a whole lot to see here, but I do love the perspective on the art here. Pretty exciting stuff yeah. from Damian Willich. <laughs> yeah, white tramplers. Um, there are two in this set, right? This guy and more elephants. So that's oh, cool. true, true. But he can't be regenerated by the elephant graveyards. Who's automatic? <laughs> true. Right? Yeah, no, no, no cavalry uh, disco. Next up, but one of the best cards printed in Magic Mountain. Um, and just I guess for the trivia, if, if anyone doesn't know, they wanted to print basics in every expansion. Then they decided not to, but there was like a printing error where they didn't retract them successfully. All of the message, the memo wasn't gotten across to the printers and they did print mountains, um, but as rares. So imagine the basic land being your rare. Um, Swoops. Naf's, or not a rare, but an uncommon three or uncommon two. Naf's Asp. Uh, actually, I kind of like this guy. One green for a one, one. If he inflicts any damage on your opponent, your opponent must spend one before their draw phase uh, of his or her next turn, or they lose an additional one life. You could do a lot worse for a one drop. Yeah. But not, not nothing to see here type card. Yeah. Yeah. It's too, too much small ball for me. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it, it gets outclassed almost immediately. Um, so I guess the best thing I can say about it is great art. Chris Rush, like one of the best in the game, not the art, but Chris Rush, one of the best artists. <laughs> uh oasis really big piece of shit uh if that it doesn't tap for mana if it tap for mana it might be a little bit better but it's really it's one of the lands that doesn't yeah. do anything it only taps to prevent one damage to any creature yeah, yeah. to counteract deserts like they're like shit we printed too many deserts <laughs> <laughs> i mean this is this is clearly a design botch desert can tap for a colorless oasis probably should have been able to and you think a fucking oasis would produce mana it's an oasis <laughs> yeah dude that's a desert oversight produces, the desert produces <laughs> more than an oasis <laughs> <laughs> more resources in the desert <laughs> All right, Old Man in the Sea, we were talking about very... Yeah. This one gave Dom uh, feelings. He was in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love this card. I really do. The art makes me laugh just looking at it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Homeboy's getting choked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's a fun card. Flavorfully, a tap to gain control of a creature with power no greater than Old Man's power. If old man becomes untapped, you lose control of the creature. You may choose to not to untap old man as normal. You also lose control of the creature if old man dies or if the creature's power becomes greater than old man's. So if you ever wanted to use old man in the sea, get ready for like three different conditions to be. To get, to like, yeah. Don't get too big. Don't untap. Don't die. And you've got yourself a creature. Um, <laughs> but still a great card. Yeah, it looks like we're kind of coming out of this patch of terrible creatures that we've been through. Yeah. yeah. Looks like we're going to have a, yeah. Um, Oubliette, one of the best, I think, removal cards that we, that we, in the set, obviously, but in a while, this card was before, you know, like, I mean, terror, it's restricted. This one comes in and just kicks someone out of the game. Like, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Oubliette, one of my favorite art in all magic. Oh, my God. Yeah. Same here. Uh, and special I, thanks, special thanks, Nick, because you gave me the signed Jubilee that I had in my set, so I appreciate that. 
I was so happy to have it. So when you told me you're doing a sign set, I was just happy to pass it on. Um, that was just one of the cards that I got when I bought one for EDH because I wanted it, that and it, that, it was like damaged and it was one of those damaged with signatures. I was so pumped. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad you have it as part of that collection. Uh, Piety, um, completely, <laughs> I'm sure that they thought it would do more. The doesn't. Uh, two and a white for an instant, all defending creatures gain plus zero, plus three till end of turn. So yeah. your walls are not getting taken down. Yeah, it's yeah. a worse castle. <laughs> now, pyramids is interesting, but again, arbitrarily cost at six. Uh, you can activate it as many times as you want for two. Prevents a land from being destroyed or moves an enchantment from any land. It's kind of niche, so I don't see it, you know, carrying any weight. But an interesting design space to like preserve lands. I don't know how Pyramid's supposed to do that, but it's a cool card. This is an interesting card. If you read the uh, Oracle text, it actually gets weird where it says you can remove a damage marked onto a land. But the way we play this in EDH, um, Shane was the first one to use it, I believe, in old school EDH. And we just play it as target land gains indestructible. That makes sense. So uh, think about this with your factory or any land, right? Somebody's going to Armageddon in an EDH game where you have a stupid amount of mana, you can, you know, preserve something. Because I think you can, if, if yeah, you can preserve multiple lands, right? Yeah, yeah. Prevents yeah, yeah. land, right. So you can activate it multiple times and have a profitable Armageddon. All right. Uh, Repentant Blacksmith. As far as I know, the only one with protection in the set. So not a not a bad card necessarily. Um, great True Tucker art. Um but one and a white for one, two, pro red. It's a good meta meta call card, right? Yeah, if you think you're going to see a lot of red, play him in your white weenie over black knight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think this one was a U1, right? So like even more even more rare than Library of Alexandria. Wow. Right. One of my favorite cards, uh, Ring of Maroof. Um, oh, yeah. My favorite, mostly flavor. It is unwieldy. I've tried to play it, and I will continue to try to play it. I, I only own the one and I force it into cards or force it into decks if I just feel like it's going to be fun. Um, cost five uh, for five and tap instead of drawing a card from the top of your library. So you're like replacing the draw. Select one of your cards from outside the game in italics for some reason. From outside the game. This card can be any card you have that you're not using in your deck or that for some reason has left the game. <laughs> for some reason. For some you reason. Mean? I don't Dom, know. It's not here. Dom, you guys, when you had your chaos meetup, you rocked Ring of Maroof, right? Uh, I did. Actually, it was um, um, Andy played it, Bacaro. Bacaro okay. Played it. Um, um, but uh, we were playing with slightly different rules than you guys, and I, I, I think he was, it effectively was just like a, a fifth booster tutor. Um, okay. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't recommend playing this card in any format. <laughs> Right. Can't stop, won't stop, bad boy. You heard it from the pro. Rook egg, well. <laughs> Rook egg, uh, so this card is a very close to my heart. Uh, the yes. one time that it ever came in first, I was rocking these boys. And uh, it was a fun first. I got my really cool, like, you know, Lord of the Pit, like uh, City of Brass. I run that every deck. Uh, three and a red, zero three. If Rook egg goes to the graveyard, a Rook. A 4-4 red flying creature comes into play on your side at the end of the turn. Use a counter to represent Rook. Rook is treated exactly like a normal creature, except that if it leaves play, it's removed from the game entirely. Which is weird, because if it's removed from the game for any reason, I should be able to ring a Maroof it. But Absolutely. Love Rook Egg, Diamond Valley interaction. Beautiful. 
I don't know if there's anything more to say about root gag for you guys, but otherwise we can move on to the sandals of Abdullah. (laughs) (laughs) Those sandals. The sandals cost four, two and tap, give one creature island walk till end of turn, perfect within merfolk assassin range. If that creature is destroyed before end of turn, so are sandals. (laughs) Man, what a liability. (laughs) What a bummer, man. Four mana. (laughs) Six Uh, mana to give a dude island walk. Two permanents is all it will cost you. I love this card. Unfortunately, it's just never enough, but Sandstorm, uh, one green instant, all attacking creatures suffer one damage. Maybe with deserts and stuff, Sandstorm actually, like, you know, builds up a little bit, but just not enough, I think, aggressively to really, like, stand to use of any kind. Well, I don't want to harp on Type 1.5, but this is an excellent sideboard card in Type 1.5. Oh, really? okay. Yeah. But also, because you can't play desert. It's bad. That's yeah. fair. You know, so, like, hey, if there's no- where there's no desert, bring sandstorms. Uh, Serendip Dijen, an, an incredible card. Um, to me, anyway. I just love the how angry he looks. Uh, but two and two blue, five, six flying. During your upkeep, you must choose one of your own lands and destroy it. If you destroy an island in this manner, uh, Serendip Dijen deals three damage to you. Serendip Dijen is destroyed immediately. If at any time you have no lands in play. So the guy just wants to beat up your land base and he gets mad whenever you use what you use to cast him. But other than that, a four mana five, six flying is no fucking joke. Yeah, you got to close quickly. Hey, speaking of closing quickly, uh, we once again need a uh, bathroom break slash smoke break. And then we will come back for the fourth and final chapter of this deep dive into, into Arabian Nights. Oh, I come from a land, from a faraway place Where the caravan camels roam Where they cut off your ear if they don't like your face It's barbaric, but hey, it's home When the winds from the east and the suns from the west and the sand in the glass is right, come on down, stop on by, hop a carpet and fly to another Arabian night. Arabian night, like Arabian days. More often than not, our heart has been hot in a lot of good ways. All right, this is the fourth and final chapter of the Lord's retrospective expansion, Arabian Nights, Magic the Gathering, first expansion set, a Garfield's game game in association with Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> what are you guys trying to do? What are you guys going to do for Legends? I mean, I go learning from this is a good learning experience being the shortest set. I think we'll definitely <laughs> tighten it. We'll definitely tighten the descriptions and there are a lot of more, there's a lot more chaff. I think Arabian Nights just has a lot more to talk about, a lot yeah. more exciting and interesting cards. I'm going to say that. Oh, Raging Bull. Fuck yourself. Moving on. Dude, dude, if we if we sit down to work through all of Ledges, they're going to set out a search party looking for us. Yeah, <laughs> man. All right. So we had just left off with Serendip Dijin. 
So, so now we're on the Serendipifrit, a, a card you just so ubiquitous uh, in the format. My man, lightning bolt on a stick. You're going to see this guy if you're playing. Like, I mean, wow, I love him. And I really, I just really love using the reprint version. Like, this art is really cool, and it is cool to play the rarer one, but I am just a big fan of, like, the misprint with the green border in revised. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm such a fan of that. I love that mistake. Yeah. It's just so cool to me, but what, what, I don't know. Anything you guys want to say about, uh, well, when I was, a, when I was a kid in middle school, a friend of mine played magic and got bored with it and gave me two revised decks, just starter decks. And one of them had the misprint Serendip of Freed in there. I'm like, I don't get it. It's green. Why does it cost blue mana? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to play this guy. He's going to damage me. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's, that's how I felt about Necropose when I first saw Necropose. I'm like, this seems terrible. If I don't pay know. a life to draw a card, I get to draw a card for free every turn. Exactly. Skip your draw phase. I'm already drawing. Why would I like is this a yeah. trick? Like yeah. no, yeah. And and for the again for the uninitiated, since I was doing the other one, two and a blue, three, four flying, does one damage to you during your upkeep. Screaming just to have a spirit link thrown on him. <laughs> I, I know Edders really appreciates you breaking down what Serenity Freak does. For Edder, this is for all the editors out there. <laughs> um, this next one, I think, other than City in a Bottle, this one is the most like flavor, like important or iconic cards for the set. But Shahrazad, um, because Absolutely. of the idea of a thousand, like a thousand and one Arabian Nights, this is her um, who is telling stories to save her own life, like to persuade you know to not be killed was like i'll tell you a story every night and every night that i have a story and other than that i get to live so this really cool i mean i love the framework of the story that it, it's so iconic and and the idea of a game within a game right like stop the game let's play a sub game so cool um but the wording on of it is pretty funny so i'll just say, players must leave the game in progress as it is use the cards left in their libraries with decks as they play a sub game of magic which to see the word magic on a card when sub game is over players shuffle those cards return them to their libraries and resume the game in progress with any loser of sub game having his or her remaining life points rounding down effects to prevent redirect damage can be lost life the sub game has no ante that's important <laughs> using less than 40 cards may be necessary <laughs> Okay. Garfield's this was Garfield's favorite card, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Favorite, favorite card in all of magic. And I loved it when I never even really like I when it occurred to me of like Charizard Burn, that was like the coolest thing to me. Like that was I played that at the first player's ball and that was so fun. Like I was playing Zoo, like Naya Charizard, and it was like so fun. Like turn one Savannah Lions, turn two attack with Savannah Lions, and then when they're at you know, or not attack yet. Sorry. First, you play your Shahrazad. You get them down to ten. Then you just go in and put them at eight. Like it's like what? Like, <laughs> like what? What is happening? Yeah. Unfortunately, with timed rounds, <clears throat> this card doesn't really jive too well with them. Right. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you a uh, uh, burn spell for ten for white white, it's not not terrible. Not terrible. But I think. One mistake that people play make when they play this card is they play multiples, and the second the second Shaharazad is so much worse than the first one. Diminishing uh, returns for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sinbad is a really fun <laughs> one. 
Uh, one in a blue, one, one. Tap to draw a card from your library, but discard it if it's not a land. Um, of course, now you'd have to reveal it, but still, a really interesting like filterer. Um, I really like this guy a lot. This would probably be one of probably my favorite card that we've talked about so far. Um, maybe in all of Arabian Nights. I, I love Sindad. I just it's just it's very elegant. Yeah, yeah, and the flavor. It's just. Uh, I mean, it's not very good, but it is. Um, it's, well, it's in search of land. I mean, it's a it's yeah. it's a cool idea. Like at all the cost at the at, at the expense of anything he finds, he's just seeking new land. You know, new adventure, new places. Mm-hmm. Like I like flavorfully. I think he's really exciting. I like him a lot. Combos well with uh, well not combo but pairs well with Sylvan Library too. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, the next one, I love the card, but nothing about it. I just love the card. If that makes sense, uh, Singing Tree. <laughs> three and a green, zero three, summon singing tree. Uh, tap to reduce an attacking creature's power to zero. Um, so better than Island of Whack Whack, basically. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, but not a whole lot to unpack here, I don't think. Um, I, sorceress, hmm? I have three of these, I own three of these, and I think I played it once in a mono green singleton deck. <laughs> uh. Sorceress Queen. Well, a little bit, you know, a little bit more exciting than a card like Singing Tree, because it does sort of a similar thing where it just makes another creature like, you know, zero, but mm-hmm. one, two black, one, one, tap to make another creature a zero, two until end of turn. Yeah. Treat this exactly as if the numbers were lower uh, right of the target creature. <laughs> of the target card. <laughs> They're really spelling it out for you. Yeah. All special characteristics and enchantments are unaffected. Um, I love her, but as like a one-one for three, it's such a liability. Like I would rather just play Royal Assassin at that point. Oh, oh no, you're so wrong. No, no, no. Well, first, I have one thing to say. So there's a noticeable difference. There's an important difference between Sorceress Queen and Singing Tree, which is that Singing Tree can only be activated on attacking creatures. Okay. Sorceress Queen can be used offensively, right? To to turn defending creatures, you know, into zero twos. Um, and this is also why I think it is better than um, than Royal Assassin because uh, Royal Assassin is you know, largely a defensive defensive card, uh, whereas Sorcerer's Queen can be used to just just shrink their entire entire army so you can attack. Well, you heard it here. <laughs> replace replace your Royal Assassins with Sorcerer's Queens. Buy them while you can. Yeah, well, I mean, the baller factor obviously is higher with Beta or Alpha Royal Assassin, but um, you know, that was—I think—that was the 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 prize of my brother's collection was a unlimited Royal Assassin when we were kids. When I remember playing back in the day, and a buddy of mine, my voice is getting hoarse from all this talking on this never-ending three-hour podcast. My buddy used to play blue-black control, and I would try to play like you know green-red beat him up. Yeah, and he would play Sorceress Queen, and it would just because I'd waste, I'd squandered my lightning bolts on his dome. Yeah. I had no way to remove his goddamn Sorceress Queen, and so he would just, you know, nuke my stone giants and, yeah. you know, my uh, my curd apes and all my good stuff. <laughs> yeah, excellent card. What That's can good. men do against such reckless hate? <laughs> Bringing us to our next card removed from its racist, culturally offensive oh, art text or combination thereof. Um, any guesses? Uh, it's I, so iconic that 
you know, okay, so Dominic, you were almost a society of flying men's and it became Beast of the Bay. Yep. Lords of the Pit were almost not Lords of the Pit. Do you remember yeah. what we would have been? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were really wanted to be Stone Throwing Devils, which quite honestly was a pretty punk rock name. A very cool was, name. Yeah, and there was a concern that, A, is this, is this actually racist? And then we went back, we looked over the internet, tried to find any evidence that it was actually some racist reference. Could not find it. But then opted opted for Lords of the Pit anyway. Just Lords is still a great safety. game. So can I get that? Because that predates even my time at, with the Lords. Can you give whose idea was it for Stone Throwing Devils? I don't even know who pitched it first. Yeah. So we were talking. Well, what we did, if I remember correctly, Dom was we all were pitching cards we really liked, um, or like for like names of like I don't even remember other ones because it became like stone throwing devils that's like a really cool like three word name it's got yeah. a cool name to it and it's such a card that exists only in old school and we were yeah. kind of like stone throwing devils and i don't know if i was the one who brought it up but i always did hear like wasn't there like a weird like racist background behind that yeah still couldn't really find it but all that all that's known is that it does have a racist origin the most i've ever heard about it was that in arabian nights there's a reference to a group of people and calls them stone throwing devils. And that that was sort of a reductive view of them. Like it was like, uh, I, I remember reading like, even, I don't know, like anything could be a racial slur. If you say it with the right context, like, Oh, those stone throwing devils. And it's like, what does that even mean? Fuck them. That's what it means. You know, like it's, and it just sort of stuck as this like dismissive term. I don't know if there's a bigger context to it than that. I have never seen it. Cause even when, Wizards published their article about why they banned like prior Prairadesh gypsies and crusade and jihad and all this. They said stone throwing devils and they're like, it has racist implications. We're not going to deal with it. So it's like, Oh, that's it. Like, yeah. I, I mean, the, the level of diligence they put into that is this people were complaining. Nobody plays it. Ban it. Yeah. Yeah. Which absolutely. is enough. And I mean, it wasn't a huge loss. Lords of the pit. I think ultimately has grown to me a lot more. I think stone throwing devils. <laughs> Feels a little weak, yeah. like one in black for one one with like first strike. Not yeah. bad. Black meaning is great for that, but Lord of the Pit really is such an iconic card that is so unwieldy. But when you're like new to the game, is like so impressive and like you know. And I'm glad we went with it. But Stone Throwing Devils would have been uh, was the name that we narrowly averted. <laughs> That's a nice little piece of Lord's lore right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unstable mutation. One of my favorite cards from Arabian Nights. I mean, I love this thing so, so much. Oh my God. Uh, one blue enchanted or target creature gets plus three, plus three each round, which I feel like could have been worded better. Put a minus one, minus one counter. <laughs> they mean, don't they mean chip? On the <laughs> these counter, these chips remain, uh, even if the enchantment is removed before the creature dies. So you turn one flying man, turn two unstable attack for four. Boom. Turn, or like, oh my god, especially when like Serendib Ifrit, uh, or Serendib Dijin, either one, I guess, but Jin with an unstable mutation, my god, it hurts. Unstoppable. It's just, th those like blue, like, like, like aggro decks, like, even though if, if you're new to old school and you don't have like the Time Walk, the Ancestral Recall, the Time Twister, like, you don't have those, you can still put together such a good like blue flyer aggro list just because of cards like unstable mutation. Um, you really get that reach. Uh, War Elephant. Here we go. Now, Trample and Banding. <laughs> I 
I'd pay any price for that too, too. It's pure value. <laughs> now, what's interesting to note about this humble elephant is that it's the only art by artist Kristen Bishop. And as a Siggy collector, it's really hard to find. Yeah. So, only, the, the only, only magic art. art ever, not just in Arabian Nights, ever. It's the only art she ever did for magic. Yeah. It's fantastic, too. That's a bummer. Yeah, it's a very realistic portrayal of an elephant. It's, it's I mean, because it's simple, but it's so expressionistic too. At the same time, like it's I don't know, I like it a lot. Yeah. yeah. So let me let me let me interject here. So Kristen Bishop, uh, she she's only done one piece of art for all of Magic ever, um, and of course the, she only did one for Arabian Nights as a, as a corollary. Now there are three other artists who only did one piece of art for Arabian art Arabian Nights. Uh, oh, I love this. I'm going to close my binder here. Yeah. Can you, um, can you... I, I know one off the top of my head. Okay. It's Tom Waterstrand who did Merchant Ship. Yes, indeed. Yep. Um, wow. That's the only one I know off the top of my head. I need I need a hint. I need some kind of a hint. Well, uh, one of them is your favorite card. Oh, it's Oubliette, Schuler. Really? Oh, no, no, no. Schuler did, uh, let's see. Schuller oh, no, he did, did Kamal Ghoul. Yeah, he did, he did five. Schuler Schuler painted five cards in uh, in Arabian Nights. No, the one I'm thinking of is uh, Bazaar Baghdad. Really? Men, that was Menjus' only card in, in, in Arabian Nights. Nights. Yeah, he only did one in Arabian Nights. And the okay. other one, so we have Kristen Bishop, Tom Wanderstrand, Jeff Menjus, and S Sander Everingham with oh, Camel. Oh, Camel, yeah. Yeah, so those, are, those four artists only did one piece of art for Arabian Nights. Most of the other artists did around five. Um, do you know? Do you know which artist did the most art in Arabian Nights? I guess Rush. Yep, it is in fact Rush. He did seven. Uh, do, you, do you think you could name all Rush, all the Rush cards in Arabian Nights? Nath Asp. Nath Asp is one. Yep. June and Afri. Yep. Metamorphosis. Uh, yep. <laughs> My mind just went fucking blank, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I'm on the spot yeah. here. Bra Bra <laughs> Brassman? Oh, shit. Yeah, Brassman. Desert Nomads? That flying, one I wouldn't have guessed. And Flying flying Man? And Flying Man, yeah. And and Rook Egg. Yeah. No, I, I ran out of steam. I ran out of steam. Like, I got a weird one, Metamorphosis, and I, and I even have a side Rook Egg, man. I'm sucking. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have Tyler edit that part out. <laughs> yeah, so almost all the artists did five. Um uh, Rush did seven, and then Kristen Bishop, Tom Wanerstrand, Sandra Everingham, and uh, Jeff Menges all did one. So, hmm. all right, sorry. So, no, um, it's all good. Please. I mean, that's that's kind of what I wanted this for. You know, I wanted to drag as long it was longer than I thought it was. But no, I, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 no. We have to tell everyone the bird maiden is a one-two flyer for three. It's really important. <laughs> you can hey. edit that out. Fine. There's no bird maiden. <laughs> simple history. I'm sorry. She was a babe to you once, and now she's nobody. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I just also, imagine, hey, imagine wait, wait, in your wait. mind you're having like a fireside chat where you're like talking to like new players at a game <laughs> store. You're like, well, actually, Bird Maiden. No, speaking, no, you're talking speaking to editors, of, man. Speaking of a babe to you once and now she's nobody. Why Luli Wolf named after <laughs> Oh shit, Star we weren't done. I thought we were done. It never ends. We only got a couple left. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, but Wiluli Wolf, named after Richard Garfield's ex-wife. <laughs> really? Name. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
that's all I got to say. I just thought it was funny. Uh, yeah. one is her, is her, name, her, her maiden name is Wailuli? I think it's an anagram. I forget what it was. Um, now, that's a good piece of trivia right there. Yeah, yeah that was one of those when I was looking up like random trivia. Like it was like Wendy, Mije, Wailuli, and Ernan Jim were like all oh, right. Herman Jim. Yeah. Herman. Um, uh, but Wiley Wolf's not unplayable, but it's not no. either exciting. Uh, he, one in the green, one one tap to give any creature in play plus one plus one. Yeah, he dominates combat. I um, mean, in any combat based game, he is excellent. Um, and then we get to our final and one of my favorites. Uh, just I love this guy, uh, but it went a free. Yes. Red, 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 three, six. You can, if you choose to block with him, he's the inverse of Mije, um, flip a coin that he can't block. So essentially kind of reads like red, 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 attacks each turn of Fable, three, six. Yeah, you should never be blocking with that dude. <laughs> never oh. be blocking, just like. And me, me, never so, be blocking. <laughs> so there's something I didn't know about Edwin Afrit and uh, Drew Tucker uh, sort of uh, set me straight on it, that the, the, the humanoid body in the art is not the Ifrit. The there's like a there's like a little floating eye or something above his body, oh. and it's it's actually a lamp, and that is the Ifrit. The the big white body in the art is just the the victim of the Ifrit. Oh wow! Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. See now that's the kind of content we're looking for <laughs> here at the bitter end. Two hours and twenty six minutes into this <laughs> fucking podcast, we finally hit pay dirt, dude. We and that is why we do this. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, that's a nice piece of trivia. Have you ever wondered about Idwin Afrit? Listen to the latest podcast <laughs> and find out. <laughs> oh my goodness! But first. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the end, man. Uh, do you want to say anything very briefly, Roar, about the uh, misprints with the uh, cat uh, the in the casting cost? The the misprints, like in the in the printing, is what I meant. Oh no, no. If you want, to, I mean, mostly just like the coloration of them. You mean and like the dark? Yeah, there were I think what fifteen cards that were printed with a darker um, a darker print in the CMC up in the top right yeah. corner there. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. No, maybe. from what I read, yeah, it was a learning experience because um, they. The first set, like Alpha, there was like a little more time went into making sure the quality control was there. Of course, there are some issues here and there, whatever. But when they made Arabian Nights, there was like a rush. So it was like when they took their time, it turned out a little, you know, best laid plans type thing. But when they were like, we got to get a set out there, like the fans want more content. They there, there were some weird corners cut and they learned, you know, they learned a lot of lessons. So the set is 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 a real it's it's like warts and all still really miraculous like it's really really a lot of really cool ideas really like really spicy stuff going on in here but really incomplete i feel like it leaves you wanting more it almost indicates like this is what the game is capable of if you like the game these are some wild ideas that we have because we'll still see really cool themes explored in the other sets and our really cool ideas but i feel like arabian nights was like almost this like involuntary spasm of like, just wait, it's going to get really good. Yeah. It's, it's still in startup mode. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, there are, oh go ahead. I'll say there are cards that are very interactive and lead to like very interactive, like guardian beast, for example, there's so many interesting things that, that can happen as a result of that effect. Right. So they were thinking about it to some extent. It wasn't all, I mean, how many of these creatures were vanilla? What? Not even, yeah. I mean, desert nomads kind of, 
and maybe bird maiden like just just yeah. flying like that's it yeah. like yeah. everything wants to interact in the game yeah and something i do want to say that is really interesting too is um you've got like uh you've got all of these really really cool creature types that are introduced that don't ever come back really like jinns and afrits you have king suleiman who can destroy them so there is some tribal interaction there and elephant graveyard which can interact with one creature in the set and then one creature outside of the set that is barely printed but meanwhile, in like ABU, we do have like Zombie Master, we have Goblin King, we have uh, Lord of Atlantis. There is this emphasis on tribes, and yet we got no new goblins, we got no new merfolk, we got no new zombie. Well, actually, Cabal Ghoul, but that wasn't a zombie in the set, was it? I gotta double check. I think that was that was hmm. retconned into a a zombie later, but I believe it was like yeah, it's a ghoul in this set. So like, it's this weird set that exists to really expand on a lot, but also really introduce more than it expanded on, you know? I thought that was pretty interesting. Okay, so here's here's a here's a tidbit. Speaking of expanding, you have to expand your wallet. Right now, a sealed Arabian's booster box would set you back about 150 grand. This is according to, it's not even in stock. So like Card Kingdom has one, has a listing here, or, you know, has it, as a viewable option, but you can't, it's, it's out of stock. You can't put it in your cart. So what, are, what would you buy that for? Cause you're not going to open the packs, right? You're not going right. to play with the cards. It's just going to sit in a closet, right? So this is like, you know, basically it's, buying a municipal bond or something. It's an NFT. dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look what I got. Yeah. Look, it's, yeah. it's a look what I got. dude. No, exactly. Yeah. Well, God, what a set. I, I had a lot of fun going through it. Yeah, man. I, I hope everybody had fun who makes it through this far. I don't know. But I, I think it's a fantastic set. And I was like having looking at like the cards in a row like that. Hell yeah. Hey, Dom, why don't you fire off a couple arts here? And Roar and I can, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do a quick lightning round here. Me versus Nick. Some, some, <laughs> some arts? Yeah, throw toss us some arts. And then we'll try to guess the name the card. We'll try to name the artist. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, All right. Me. We'll see. Okay. No, dude, um, I, I already shat the bed on Rookie with Chris Rush, man. All right. How about how about her jackal? That's uh, Drew Tucker. It's nice. a Tucker built. Nice. Nice. All right. Let's try a harder one then. How about uh, Jandor Saddlebags? That is Damon Willick. Oh, nice. Very nice. All right. One on one. One on one. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. All right. How about uh, Morris Cavalry? That's a David Willick as well. Indeed. All right. Try to trick you. What? Try try to trick you up here. All yeah. Right. I don't. I only know Harold McNeil. That's the only artist. <laughs> Your favorite, right? <laughs> I don't. Wait, I only agree with his politics. I'm not into art. I'm not an artist. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't do anything for Arabian Nights. Harold no, McNeil. and you know when we get to Legends, I guess that's mostly a lot of his work, right? Like, yeah. I mean, most yes. of where his work appears. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, how about Sandals of Abdullah? That's Ooh. a Frazier build. Damn. Moss is killing it. Moss is killing it. All right. See, now, so. see, I'm visually minded. When you say the name of the card, I can visualize the art. When yeah. you're just like, give me a list of cards that this guy did. It's like, oh, yeah. it smokes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to make it hard for you. You're, you're very well versed in the art of Arabian Nights now. Hmm. Yeah. I had to flex there at the end after I got completely bald. <laughs> you just had to expose me. That's great. For being a fraud. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nick, you were the enhancement talent, dude. <laughs> you, you came to in, me out. <laughs> you came in to, to take a job, to do the job, yeah. baby. Yeah. Penny, we need, you know, we need you here to read the text of Kumbaj Witches, buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, back in my day, <laughs> we had Bird Maiden. <laughs> you right, wanted guys. to attack with flying. Hey, I think we're going to put a pin in it there. We had four chapters of Arabian Nights. Uh, I, you know, thanks in advance to Tyler for stitching this all together for us. And thank you, fellas, for spending a, a cold and snowy Monday evening with me diving deep going deep on arabian nights yeah we have any other way yeah and if you guys do ever do special chaos uh uh bring me in i want to do it yeah what about fallen empires you in for fallen empires <laughs> yeah i mean dom's in for legends <laughs> dom is all in on legends card yeah. by card <laughs> i do love legends that is true all right i will see you boys at lord's house be good all right see you Later. saturday yeah, I'll see you Saturday, I guess. All right. <laughs> All right, but I'll see you, Tom. <laughs> I guess. We're trying to. Yeah, if I have to. <laughs> I love it. Sorry, let me try this again. We'll let it fly by the
Yeah.